to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front podcast, where we record a audio commentary for our favorite or least favorite movies, and you get to listen to it in sync with the movie, so that you can enjoy the non-authority that we all bestow upon each other. Uh, this week, we're going to be watching Little Shop of Horrors, yay! The, uh, the 1986 version, the Frank Oz picture, not the Roger Corman picture, or the uh, stage production. If you happen to have a, although we're going to be talking about both for sure, mm-hmm. they, they all come into play. The anthology of Little Shop of Horrors is strong and. Uh, in great depth. Before we get started talking about our experiences with this movie, before we uh, go ahead and start the commentary, first we want to set a pause, unpause point for you at home, regardless of if you have a DVD or you downloaded this particular movie, because it's a little hard to find on DVD. You bastards. Regardless Shame. of what you do, go ahead and press play on that, and then when you see the uh, the logos go by, blah, 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 keep, keep watching. And then the first green text that you see that's the actual beginning of like the distribution company's logos in the film says, the Geffen Company presents, in a bright green Comic Sans looking font. As soon as that fades to black, or in this case, stars, the first frame that you perceive of all black, or in this case, stars, pause your file or DVD. And when we say three, two, one, unpause in a moment, you press play, we'll press play, we'll watch the movie together in perfect harmony, like a Disney movie. So, okay. Yeah. Gentlemen, let's, let's first introduce our panel this week. We've got, uh, as always, we've got Brian Finifter here with... Uh, with a, a mouthful of Cheez-Its? Oh, yeah, you got to He's like, come back to me. <laughs> come back to come me. Back to me. Yeah, really. I'm, 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 I'm kind of chewing up. right now. Yes. Look at the person before you introduce them, just in case they're <laughs> I, I looked at him for a long moment. It was, it was <laughs> breathtaking. Michael? I can't take my Hi, everybody. Dorkman Scott. How, how's it going, sir? Going well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting so I can stop this intro and eat some Cheez-Its myself. I'm very excited about this movie because um, I just, I mean, I, I like musicals in general, but um, I really love Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Like, I grew up, I literally grew up with this movie. Um, like, this and Wizard of Oz were my musicals growing up. And I just, I fucking love this movie so much, I can't even tell you. I've seen it so, I've seen it so many times I could sing along with it without the subtitles or or anything. But, but I won't. I'll resist the urge to do that uh, at all I during do. the commentary. But... Um, yeah, I, I just really love this movie a wow. lot. Okay. And I our think- final panelist is Trey Stokes. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Trey, what's your experience with this particular production? Well, I, uh, I, Michael said everything I would have said, but, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie because I was a big fan of the play that this is based on. I saw the play many times before it was, it even became a movie. Um, it was, it's a great stage play, a great stage musical. It was kind of like the, you know, a, a revitalization of the whole form of the stage musical, which got kind of stodgy at the time. So, uh, it's a great, and also it's as a puppeteer, as a movie puppeteer and a stage puppeteer before that, uh, this is of course just probably one of the greatest movies ever made for me to watch um so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk at length michael and i are just gonna have to just slap fight to, to get mic time i think on this one you guys can just eat your cheeses i'm pretty I, sure I'm, I'm the same as you guys although i love so much the exact same the uh this movie is far and away my favorite of all musicals and i love some musicals more than most people love air uh absolutely love this movie i didn't know i did not know that it was an adapt an adaptation of previous works until like two years ago I have never seen the Roger Corman film. Have you guys seen the original? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. How was that? It's 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 a Roger Corman film. It was. Well, we're going to get ahead of ourselves, but we, yeah. can, we can talk about that. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's there are sections that are definitely worth checking out. But, uh, it, but we'll it's get to overall that. kind of long and boring. I think because yeah. they just I, it, it's 
I, just musicals in general, to be honest, but but there's something about it that just kind of baffles me where people will look at whatever it is and they go, you know, it'd be great songs, <laughs> you know, and you watch the Roger Corman version and you're like, what kind of mad fucking genius looked at this movie and went, hey, let's let's set it to some music here. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's nothing alike. Uh, but uh, aside from ge- the the general plot, but kind of the tone of it and stuff is is very very different, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this this movie I grew up with, and, and Mike grew up with, and Trey grew up with. Brian, I understand, is a huge fan. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> no, he is now after that intro. <laughs> He's about to be. Yeah, mm. Brian, I understand this is your favorite film of all time. I've never actually uh, seen this one, so oh, so much, Brian's uh, the virgin in this one. So I will uh, be rather light on the uh, commentary. Probably much to most of my. Are you are you much on musicals well, in general? I do. I like musicals. Okay. Well, musicals. you're going to need to come back and and watch it when you can listen to the music because the music in this is just it's fucking far better brilliant. than any commentary could be. Yeah. There's yeah. no there like we're, there's no bad song in this. Yeah. I don't think we're going to ruin the music the movie for you now by not letting yeah. you listen to the music. Yeah. yeah. So but, let's get to it. Yeah. Shall we? If you guys have all paused your DVD or Divix or whatever at the right point, we are all in perfect sync right now, and we will continue to be in perfect sync after I say unpause. So prepare your remotes and or mouse. Here we go. Three, two, one. Unpause. I hate it. No. Oh, give it a chance. Three, two, one. (laughs) Unpause. There we go. Frank Oz film. Turn it down now. Rick Moranis. So, Brian, if you think you like Rick Moranis now, man, wait till you see this movie. There is no other Rick Moranis movie after this movie. There really isn't. Or Ellen Green movie. But there really, well, look, there really wasn't much of an Ellen Green movie after this movie. Um, <laughs> Ellen Green, we, 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 should, we can go ahead and point out, Ellen Green actually originated the role of Audrey ever, ever, ever. The, this, this show started as an off-Broadway play that then became a huge cult hit and then became, I believe, a Broadway. I don't think it ever went to Broadway. Maybe it went to Broadway. Then it was a touring company, and then years later it became a movie. Is and this aping Star Wars right now, or is this just... It's, a, it's, it's kind it's, of... Kind well, of no, it's aping, it's aping what Star Wars was aping, which yeah. were the old serials. Yeah. This, this is meant to be definitely... This is very aware that it's a, a sci-fi B-movie, yeah. um, and so it's going back to that. I mean, it, it's, it's very dramatic, and there's stars, and there's stuff like that, and then when we sag in about 10 seconds, um, you'll see that it's kind of thumbing its nose It kind of sticks a pin in that, yeah. How serious this is. This is my favorite movie of all time because it's sci-fi musical. Yeah. And this <laughs> sci-fi is... Sci-fi horror musical. This is a killer opening number, too, oh, by the God, way. Oh, God, I love this yeah, song. The, the uh, Little Shop uh, doo-wop song is great. And then right into Skid Row after that, which is just a, a... You know, would belong... Skid Row would work except for the fact that it's kind of an ironic... The lyrics are kind of ironic. Skid Row would work in any musical ever done. It, right. It's a beautiful, beautiful musical bit. But first of all, there's these girls. And one of these... Now... One of them, and I'm bad with the names. One of them went on, and she was like, "It's Tisha Campbell." She, Tisha Campbell, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I believe, I believe, aside from the the uh, chubbier one here, the Michael. other two. The, I'm sorry, but the, I don't know their names. Was it, the just, other two. He wanted to say the black one. Both of the <laughs> <laughs> both of the other two went on to uh, roles in Martin. They both did. Okay. They're both in Martin, as as I recall. Wow. Um, but I, I love the juxtaposition of of this versus the set, and and it yeah. is a set. It's not a location. They built this in like a warehouse or something. You know, one of those biggest uh, biggest sets yeah, ever biggest type sets, of yeah. deals. Well, it, and definitely they had to because of course all the mechanics involved in uh, largely working the plant mm-hmm. and the fact that they're. You know, I'm not giving away spoilers. Are going to destroy this entire town <laughs> by the end of the movie. 
But it's yeah, it's a fantastically elaborate set. So we we've already seen uh, Lyle Conway was the guy in charge of uh, the plant effects. Lyle worked for the Muppets um, first and and uh, before this. And then I right after Lyle did this movie, as the movie came out, I worked for Lyle on uh, a fantastic movie, which we should do someday, The Blob. Um, he was in charge Ooh. of the Blob effects, and uh, so he was he was nominated for an Oscar for visual effects for this movie. And while we were doing The Blob, one day Lyle had to go to the awards to find out if he'd won the Oscar, which I. As I recall, he did not. But that's kind of unfortunate. We've just passed the credit for Unexpected. my favorite person of all time, Alan Menken. Mm. Yes, and Howard Ashman. Uh, that headline said, yeah. Unexpected Lunar Eclipse. Total Eclipse. Total, <laughs> Total Eclipse. Total Eclipse. Yes. Excuse me. Yes, which is not really... It's a nice little little hint there. Mm. One of those things that you probably don't necessarily notice the first time, although apparently you did. But I'm um, just awesome. Of course, lunar eclipses are not exactly unexpected. No, it's not quite they're, how they work. You can right. see them coming a millennia in advance. And isn't but, the announcement, therefore, expected? Like, once you say, we're not expecting a lunar eclipse, yes. but yet there will but be here, one. It's it totally unexpected. Well, no, they, they talk about how, I mean, it's obviously some kind of alien thing yeah. that happens. Frank Oz, yeah. who is a, like, you don't really, if you're not really thinking about, like I wasn't when I was a kid, um, like watching it again recently, he is such a great director. Yeah. He really is. Like, it's it's kind of the old school way of, of moving through the scene and letting things happen in front of the camera instead of cutting around them constantly. And we should just go ahead and say it because may, people may not be aware of it, but of course Frank Oz um, is uh, most famous or used to be most famous because he was basically the other half of every puppet you ever saw Jim Henson do. He was right. one of the original Muppet people. Um, he's one of the greatest puppeteers uh, working and doesn't really do it anymore, although sometimes he still does. But of course, uh, you know, Henson and, and Oz were... Bert and Ernie, Kermit and Miss Piggy, that was that was Hanson and Oz. Um, Oz then directed, I believe, one of the Muppet movies, and that oh. was one of his earliest gigs. And then uh, this was one of his other early directing gigs, and he's gone on to direct many non-Puppet movies since then. I, I, I love the fact that in this, I mean, because it's, it's a recurring theme, no one just says eclipse. Everyone says total eclipse <laughs> of the sun. Because the the iambic pentameter is just fantastic, so they have to keep using that over and over. Well, we again. we could we we should also talk about the we touched on it earlier, but we should talk about the the overall history. This Little Shop of Horrors was originally a famously awful Roger Corman film in the late fifties, early sixties. It was the famously awful Roger Corman film. Yes, it was, and it was it's distinguished I, from the other famously awful right. Corman films. How? Because it was even more famous and more awful. Um, uh, it was, uh, and and because it had been shot in like two days, shot in like two or three days, and. It was shot on sets from another movie that he had done. Yeah, there was another movie. No, not that he had done. There was that another movie on the lot. Right. Somebody else had uh, had made this movie, and they, they were going to tear it down after the weekend. And Corman was like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, the so whole this, weekend? This is going to be sitting there the whole weekend? Okay. Can I use it? And so he went away and he just wrote a script and and shot the thing. I'm not even like, sure he did that. I mean, if you watch <laughs> if you watch the end result of the original 19, I think late 50s, Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, it, it looks like they're kind of making it up as they go along, but uh, it's it's the story is there. The story that you're seeing in this musical is the basically the oh, story like that's, in the, that's in that's in that movie right here. The the one girl is just outside of frame, but she's been established in these other shots, right? So you just yeah, kind of fill her right. in. So in about Except in about thirty seconds, she's, she's going to show up again in, in her a, in a complete, outfit, and it completely blows your mind because you're yeah. like, what? There's a costume change within the shot, but of course yeah. it was probably a double in the in the school girl school yeah. girl uniform. Yeah. So here's the here's the uptown number, which of, is of all musical numbers throughout history, and this includes Doctor Horrible. 
This is my favorite music number. This is a killer number, and it's and and you it's, love Doctor Horrible, and it's killer on stage too. If if, if, if she a is lot of musicals, a good yeah, and then suddenly she's God, done a complete change. Perfect. If you um, and if you ever get a chance to see a good company do this on stage, um, it's a it's a showstopper of a number on stage too, with a good chorus doing it. And as far as it goes, uh, I remember hearing about Frank Oz originally didn't want to do this movie because he he didn't get it. He was like, I don't understand. It, this seems like the, just a dumb little thing or whatever. And then, speaking of chorus, he he made the connection that these three girls were like the the chorus in Greek drama, right? Which is what and, which is what they're they're what they do in the in the play, right? As well. And but but he was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, that, that <laughs> finally gave it. You can see how he he uses them so wonderfully throughout the whole thing. Where right. they, they are constantly the 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 you know like looking down like the gods. Yeah, that's yeah. that's when he when he realized, oh, this isn't just a dumb little thing. Like there's, I, I can do something with it. You know, yeah. the, the the undercurrent of it. So just to to wrap up about the uh, while we're. Enjoying the the beautiful choreography here. Mythology. Yes, the um, the original uh, Little Shop is basically this plot. It's about a guy in a plant shop who uh, is on Skid Row, who uh, finds this plant that then proceeds to uh, eat blood and take over the world. And then it's basically the story of Faust. Um, but the movie is most infamous because it's one of the earliest movie roles that Jack Nicholson ever had. And because <laughs> Jack Nicholson was one of Roger Corman's guys who were like, hey, call Jack. He'll show up and do something. Um, he's not the star. He does one cameo. He plays. Does, doesn't he, he lean in and say, what's that plant? No, he, no, he plays the role. He plays the role that you'll see Bill Murray play in this. He plays the masochist at the oh, dentist's office. Yes. And it's you can surely you can find that clip on YouTube because it's classic. And it really it probably was Jack just showing up probably drunk or stoned to the eyeballs <laughs> and just saying, okay, you're a masochist going to the dentist, go. And uh, Murray is very closely doing what uh, what the masochist, uh, what uh, Nicholson's masochist does. It's a guy who just can't wait to go to the dentist because it's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this, you know, th- we've got this uh, uh, song going on and it's telling us so much about, about the characters. It's yeah. great because the musical is the one place you can get away with flat out just saying it. dumping information yeah. in the audience's lap and they love you for it if the songs are good. Well, of course, you know? well, of course that the, a musical number that doesn't advance plot or character is something you should cut. And right. that, that, that doesn't happen all the time. But uh, now, and also, um, this is what, uh, you know, someone can rush to IMDb and, and tell me I'm wrong. But as I recall, um, this is what made got it. Uh, you're wrong. Thank you. This is what made Man- this is what put Mankin and Ashman on the map. Again, remember this was a little weird off Broadway play that suddenly became a cult hit, and that and, and uh, Ashman and Mankin went on to write um, Little Mermaid and mm-hmm. Lion King and Lion all the King. Disney musicals and so on. Hercules um, was you, one you of my get favorites. A, you get a sense of their of their skill, like right here, um, just the complexity of what's going on in the song. Between uh, Seymour and these these other thugs on the other side, yeah. and bringing together all the themes and stuff like that, like right up front, it's like, wow, this is this is more than just some some thing that some people threw some together. Very like, talented people. These are, are some talented work. people, yeah. and it's amazing. It's it's absolutely. And there's very few things that I completely fag out for, but one of them is Alan <laughs> Menken because if you look at his catalog, go to his IMDb or his or his wiki and be like. He wrote, he wrote all, all of that? these. Yeah. I found a clip on YouTube of Alan Menken at like a cocktail party where there's a piano. And it's like six <laughs> guys in a room. And Alan Menken like sits down at the upright and starts playing. Da, ba, da, 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 ba, da, 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 and he just like goes yeah. through like 16 or 17 songs impromptu style. And it's like, oh my God. They'd be like all of those songs. And everyone's singing along. That's so awesome. Frank Oz really shows you the versatility of using cranes in this, in this movie. And I sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not like just... 
pay attention throughout the movie to how often a shot is a crane shot in some way, going up, mo- going down, in, out, whatever. It's it's very interesting what he does with them. This is a very Godardian moment right here. <laughs> yes. Of course, uh, most puppet <laughs> movies reference Godard in some form or another. It's kind of obligatory, so Oz is getting it out of the way early. It's like the Hitchcock cameo. you got to get it done. I'm, I'm a little surprised that it took them this long to... to have financial troubles considering they're on the skid roll. <laughs> well, of course, that's the joke, and I think that's. I think it's an. I, it's I believe the total lunar eclipse. I believe it's an ironic commentary on the original movie, which was unironically about a flower shop on Skid Row. Like, no, well, I wonder why business is bad. Well, yeah, it's it's one of the most frivolous possible <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> retail outlets that you could have on Skid Row. Yeah. and and just after everyone's sung about how they spend their lives downtown and not at Skid, not in Skid Row. Yeah, they they work downtown, so. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah, this is the neighborhood flower shop on Skid Row. I just don't see them getting a lot of foot traffic. It's not very pretty either. Like, I don't see them drawing in business. Like, they're not trying very hard. Well, they have like three flowers, you know, so it's, it's if they just they sell those, Helen then they're going to close. What more do you want? They've got, you know, hello. She, so. she is lovely. I Edward kind of find Morales. myself falling in love with and her. And here comes the first visual, visual of Audrey 2, which we haven't named yet, but we're about to. Kind of like a glands in a pot. Yeah, I beg Seriously. your pardon. I it love Ellen Green's like, voice, by the way. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait! Here comes the squeak. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> Ellen Green's voice she's because the, the entire movie—if you didn't know—if it was—if they cut out the musical, you'd be like, "Wow, she has a really light, breathy voice." Yeah, but and then, then when cut to a song, it's just like she can Whoa. belt like you oh, can't that believe. Lady has some pipes. Yeah. Oh my. And there God. they are in the shot, quite frankly. But uh, she's she's amazing. Oh singer. God, Christopher Guest, little Christopher Guest, so, so fantastic. Mawedge. he is just so over the top here, yeah. but but he knows it, and he's doing it on purpose. This this movie walks a very fine line between you know it, it being obviously caricatured with the way the characters are being portrayed right. and this kind of heightened silly reality, and and well, just and, absolutely and, vapid look on Christopher exactly. Guest's face, and with, know, but just, combined with some moments of you know genuine you know horror kind of uh, vibe oh, and, and, and great great musical. It really it treads a very strange line that uh, not many movies have ever... If you if you believe they accomplished it, I did. I think that they were successful. It's, oh, man, uh, there's, yeah. there's not a lot of movies like this, really, that I can think of. That car was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this little bit here where, where he like tries to join in. <laughs> he's, he tries to start snapping with them yeah, for a second. He's, but he's not hip enough. Eclipse and there it is. Of the sun. Ding. Ooh. Cool effects. That was not bad at considered. all. That was yeah. really cool. <laughs> you know, in, in the in the mid-80s, we actually had effects technology that was uh, quite serviceable. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, you say that now, but if you go back and look at most of them, they weren't that great. That well, if really you look at most movies now, they're not that great either. Again, True it, enough. <laughs> you so, so it's I, Sturgeon's I, Law. I if we haven't talked about Sturgeon's no, Law, no, we I'd have like to bring to it. What's your... What's your well, first of all, just just for future reference, because I'm sure I'll say it again. Have I never mentioned Sturgeon's Law? Does Sturgeon's Law mean nothing to anyone else? No, really. This is, this is a this is a segue. This is a, a segue, and I'll, I'll get it done. Theodore Sturgeon, a classic uh, uh, golden era, golden age sci-fi writer, uh, wrote uh, many classic uh, stories, which were movies and things that you know were based on. I won't go into the list. Um, Theodore Sturgeon, uh, science fiction writer, um, was uh, the story goes he was at a convention and someone uh, in the audience, you know, asked a question in the typical convention way, said, uh, "Mr. Sturgeon, wouldn't you have to say though?" 
that 90% of science fiction is actually crap? And his response was, well, yes, but that's because 90% of everything is crap. Uh-huh. So that oh, be- I have heard that. That became, very, fa- that became very famous, and it's called Sturgeon's Law. 90% of everything is crap. Uh-huh. So 90% of every effect ever done in any given year in any movie is going to be crap, and 10% is going to be great. This one is. Where did the- all those flowers come from? This is- <laughs> they were not there before, but now suddenly. Mushnik must have invested. So anyway, so, so this is this is one of the better made yeah. '80s science fiction movies, and mm-hmm. the effects are and the plant is the plant is an, is an effect. Those poor the, that, plant is the plant has almost oh never been God. equal. There's there's very few things I can think of that equal the the work uh, the puppet work of the plant in this what, movie. What year did this come out? 1986. Okay. <laughs> Bam. What what else you got? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, who's the story? <laughs> Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, and Vincent Cardinia? Is that how you pronounce Gardenia. it? Gardenia. Is Gardenia. Gardenia. Which is funny because he it's runs a flower shop. And Miss Gardenia. And Ellen is green. Yes, Rick and is Rick is a Moranis. He is. Uh, uh, Mushnik is so perfectly captured here. Like, not, not that he's based on anyone, but it, like he's just a fantastic character. So so the, the progression of this, uh, you know, the concept of Little Shop of Horrors is I don't know of any, I can't think of any other example of something that was a low-budget B-movie, which became an off-Broadway musical, which became a popular musical, which became a movie again. Mm-hmm. Can anyone name any producers? other? The producers, yeah. The producers. Bam. The producers, well, the producers was a popular movie, but let's What think. else you got? Exactly. Family <laughs> today. That's, but that's actually, I think you're right. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the other, well, and then I guess Young Frankenstein, but Young Frankenstein has not come out as a musical movie yet, so it doesn't count. Oh, not yet. Not yet, not yet but. Um, I like happen. this line. <laughs> yes. Not that's a, very, not that's a healthy very sharp girl. Word. I like it. So so far the 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 plant has has only been a prop that uh, sits in a in a jar. But you're about to see what this prop can actually do. And I wonder if Moranis uh, like operated it for the dying effect there. There like, is was there he, he probably, probably did. I, I don't know specifically. Again, this was this movie was uh, done in I believe London uh, or somewhere in England was shot. Um, that's really that's a hell of a set too. Yeah. Look at that. I'm pretty sure Beautiful. that's not forced perspective. That's a big train. I think thing. it's a big or a big faux train cutout right, they're right. shoving past. But yeah, with a giant sky psych. So we're about to see the the plant actually come to life, and it's just it's a marvel of uh, of uh, engineering. And at this, every size, there's something where you're like, yeah. "How the fuck did they do it that small, that big?" Yeah. <laughs> like, well, they, know, this like, is this is and this is a case that I I've made a lot. Is this is what you can do when you have a talented director who is an experienced puppeteer? Oh, because yeah. as a puppeteer, I have worked with so many directors who don't understand what the hell puppets can and can't do. So they'll go, "Okay, so in this scene, I want the puppet to walk across the room and play the piano." <laughs> And you go, give me a month and I'll build that for you. I've just got what I have. So so clearly, having probably been that guy with other directors many times, uh, um, and just knowing what puppets can do and having ideas on how to properly shoot a puppet and work with a puppet and the tricks he could do behind the camera, you know, this is that that helps. That you know, it's not just Audrey, it's a combination of Audrey and the director who knows how to shoot puppet effects and say, okay, this will do post-force perspective, this will do half speed, this will do, mm-hmm. you know, this will do as an effect. Um, and a tremendous amount of what you see here is in camera. There's not that much optical going on in this no, movie. No, and you can tell when there is. Yeah. But of course now, if they did it now, the plant would be CG. And, and what... Yeah. A fucking tragedy that would. Well, be. of course, and what's really sad is, is you know, I, I love the original stage musical, and it was a touring company that uh, came to L.A. and I saw it twice. It was just a f- wonderfully fun musical, and it had that same cheap, you know, 
vibe to it. You know, it wasn't like a giant Broadway production. It was kind uh-huh. of like, hey, kids, let's put on a show. And it was, you know, but the, it was just brilliantly, the songs were so amazing and the performers were so amazing. Of course, you overlooked that it was kind of a, you know, ridiculous, obviously a, entirely a ridiculous concept and not a huge budget production. And the plant was literally a big fabric puppet, but you didn't care because it was beautifully operated and it was a great show. So... So it, it was it was a fantastic show, and then and then it goes off and it becomes a movie and it becomes a hit, and then they revived it a few years back, about five years ago. They revived it on Broadway, and now it was a gigantic Broadway production. And they saw a touring company, and the touring company came here. And this time it was at the Amundsen Theater, a giant theater, and I went to see it, and all the charm was just gone, and the plant was oh. a giant mechanical, oh. colossal robot plant, you know, and you could just tell that it was all like servos and gears, and it would just kind of go, and it didn't have the life that it had. Right. In the original Broadway production, which was just a guy underneath of it waving it around, right. but be- waving it around really well. And this is what we were talking about before. You know, the, it's astonishing what this small puppet is doing because it can both purse its lips to do the kissy face <laughs> yeah. and also bite and, and move really fast. Yeah. Uh, and then reset. Well, here's the know? secret and, thing. And, and shake like that yeah. to, to. Well, here's the, the secret. Strain, this is know? one of the secrets of, of this movie is that a lot, and probably some of this <laughs> stuff too, a lot of what you see, especially when the plane gets bigger, is shot at half speed. Uh-huh. And if you if you look, and that means that Rick Moranis, most of the time when he's interacting with the plant, is acting and singing, p- pantomiming singing at half speed. Right. And if you look, and if you look, sometimes you can kind of catch him at it, but it's it's actually beautiful work he's doing. But and especially when he's interacting with the plant, like. Even at half speed, that thing, you can tell, that thing will swing around and kill you if no one's oh, yeah. careful. And he's sticking his head, his head in its mouth and stuff while it's singing. <laughs> yep. it's, we'll, we'll get to it when, when we get to Feed Me. And yeah. there's just some shots where you can see the lips flapping and, like, blowing his hair back from his forehead because he's that yeah. close to it. animatronic scare stories, whatever, man. I had to deal yeah. with Audrey, too. That's right, Audrey, too. Her lip alone will crush a man's head. I've known the girl like that before. Also the plant. <laughs> now here is uh, here's a little thing again. There's some nowadays someone would probably do it as a as a hyper expensive computer graphic effect, but this is just a forced perspective gag where you notice the plants against black. They've got the main plant on a ramp coming at us, right? and they're just pushing it toward camera. And then they've got this. I believe it's stop motion. The the can and the little push outs in the can. I believe is uh-huh. stop motion going on. And then they just you know stuck the two shots together without any you know no roto required. Black equals black. It's a great trick. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Brian, how are you feeling, man? You liking this so far? What do you like? Yeah. No, I'm down. You're not getting it. It has a very Rocky Horror feel. You know, yeah, but, but except, except this one makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More the thing yeah. about Rocky Horror is like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? And this one, <laughs> yeah. uh, this one, you can you could do that, but it also makes sense on its own. Yeah. Well, it, again, it, it even the original goes, it goes. It's telling a very classic. You know, it's the story of Faust. It's making the deal with the devil. I never it's, made that connection before, but it's, it's totally well, true. Any, it's, it's Faust is really the ultimate. Is the original any movie, and there've been ten thousand versions of the story. Is you make a deal with the devil, you get all your heart's desire, but he will destroy you in the end. I mean, that's that's Faust in, in thirty uh-huh. seconds or less. So you know how many you know Frankenstein is Faust, you could say. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely now. Now this scene. Um, hey, I was all right, getting all risque. Where, where is the puppeteer here? It's uh, this would be cable. It's all cable stuff. Um, cable as opposed to, so, to radio. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. No, there's clearly an arm going in there. So it's probably just coming up around someone's, you know, sniffing sniffing Moranis's butt back there, and <laughs> got his arm around. By. Now, in the in the stage version of the show, this scene and there's a little musical number that goes with this particular scene is the one time that the actor himself in the stage play 
actually is it's it's a false arm gag they do in the stage play or the versions I saw where he actually has to manipulate the puppet and the sh- the show I saw the guy the guy doing it was amazing because he was singing he was dancing and he was puppeteering the plant and the plant is doing different things than everyone else is doing the huh. plant is trying to bite people while everyone else is singing and dancing and the guy was doing it all himself it was an amazing performance Yay, John hey, Candy. Look, Candy doing a cameo. That's the way radio used to be, and now here we are. That's right. We need noisemakers. <laughs> I love how in the 1980s there can be an unceremonious appearance of John Candy or Rick Moranis in the same movie, and it's not Spaceballs. And Christopher Guest. And Christopher Guest. Well, he wasn't Everybody's in walking in. Yeah, this movie is just coming. They were still and Bill Murray, and, and, and Bill Murray. And Bill Murray's coming in later, so... All of them were pretty big, though, weren't they? Well, by, by this time, well, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were all. I mean, that was. It was it's not like this is like where they got their start. Or yeah, whatever. No, it's, it's like, not like who's that guy? He went on to be really, really famous. Yeah. No, this is this is these are definitely celebrity cameos. Christopher Guest being the least famous of them. At this time, yeah, he's the one who's like, oh, hey, that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, where have I seen that guy before? That's right. You mentioned Rocky Horror. There's another one that started as an off-Broadway show, became a hit show, became a movie, and then has kind of had a resurgence as a play again now. But it, and, but, well, they, it, but are they doing the the new version of the show based on the movie? Or are they? It's just- had a, well, it's had the weird resurgence as a movie play hybrid for for you know decades yeah. now. But there's, there's it's back on. Yeah, Rocky Horror is its own its own beast. I'll say. Hey. I like how he just stuffs the money in his pocket. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> On Skid Row, that's how they do it. Well, yeah, that's how they roll. Well, I guess that's true. You can't just leave it in there. <laughs> Mention the store. Now, right about here in the stage play, there's a, there's a number that they don't do in the movie. That's a lovely sling she has, by it the really way. It really is. Just this nice little lace number. Is this, is she got the, the cast on her arm? In yeah. She's got the sling, yes. Her lovely, her girl, girly sling, yes. It's lovely. What do you what do you what do you got that on for? Right about here in the show is um, in the stage play is a number that isn't in the movie, and it was it's a number called Mushnik and Son, where Mushnik um, decides to adopt Seymour because of course Seymour is a gold mine. So uh, he says, "Hey, how'd you like to be my son?" And it's like supposedly like a warm and you know I love you, son, but it's really like I want your money really? and I want legal title to Audrey too. So. I, I I saw the play once and I remember that song and it's a, like like the other ones it's a very sarcastic you know yeah. read between the lines kind of song it really is so here comes here comes uh, Ellen's big number of uh, oh her big gosh. big S number and actually um, uh, I don't know if, I don't think Mencken and Ashman coined this term but you can see it in Little Mermaid you can see it in all the other musicals they've done I think it was maybe Geffen or, or might have been uh, Gifford Katzenberg um, but I once once referred to it as the okay every musical needs the I want number. Uh-huh. You know, in, in in Little Mermaid, it's up there where the people are, you know. Somewhere. The, uh, this is, no. And this is this is Ellen Green's I want number. This is, you know, I, this is where she states in a musical form what she wants. When I was growing up, I actually used to skip this song because I thought it was oh. boring. But but when I got older, I started I started to I, I made myself sit through it because I'm like, it's in the it's in the movie. I want to see it. <laughs> and, and I had discovered so much else in the other songs that I'm like, I'm going to give this another chance. And this is actually a really – this is an amazing song because they're like, – like the, the, the movie or the, the story itself is comedy and musical and horror and all these things. There's so much mixed in with – like this song is, is, is really funny. It's a very funny song, but it's also an incredibly sad. There's, song. Gen- there's genuine pathos in this song because really it, because if you if you listen to what she's talking about, her her 
fondest dream, the thing she wants most in the world is to upgrade to white trash. <laughs> exactly. Like, she can't imagine anything better than that. And that, mm. like, the things she's talking about make me make me feel like laughing, but they also kind of make me yeah. feel like crying. I feel so sad for her. And it's a, it's a very 50s thing. You know, this is the American dream of the 50s. Is, and it seems ironic and kind of like, oh, that's so funny, but that really was what most people wanted in, right. in that era. So. A tract house. Like, it's so specifically everything she says is like, that sounds awful. But just the way, just the <laughs> yeah. way she sings trees. it. Yeah. She's so... God, she means this. It's amazing. Yeah. And of course, you know, she's going to cut loose pretty soon and, and hit, <laughs> hit notes that most humans can't hit. So It's, it's also wonderful. worth noting that in the original stage play, the end of the movie, or the end of the production, had her dying, yes. being eaten by right. Audrey too, which made... And Seymour dying too. Seymour. Everyone, Seymour. Died. Yes, Everyone yes, died. But Audrey dying... Being eaten by Audrey too, and this, the title of the song is "She Just Wants to End Up Somewhere." Yeah, she ends green. up somewhere. It becomes doubly ironic. And it becomes doubly ironic. She goes somewhere that's in fact, green. In fact, she she asks she, yeah, Seymour to she, feed her to the plants so la- she can be somewhere. Her last green. act of yeah. love is is to to have feed, Seymour feed her to the plant so that she can help him because the plant will then grow bigger and stronger, and Seymour can continue to be successful. God, she makes me want to cry. <laughs> this character, for fuck's sake, <laughs> the toaster. Oh, Mr. Mushnick, yeah. the toaster. The bird. Yeah, they did the they did the bird and the way she said. Look at her. Little look at her. Colors. She's like, oh yeah. my, oh god, I have friends. Just look at her. This is so hard to do as you know, acting and directing wise. I mean, it's it's so hard to like go just a little too far with being a little snarky with this kind of stuff, you know. And and they, again, I think they're they're walking that line. They're walking that razor edge just perfectly. I, but it's because you feel for the character. Like like yeah. the movie is kind of making fun of her, but at the same time it's not and it's like look how sad this is yeah well that's it and that's that's well, we said did we say in, i think we said maybe in last week's commentary or a commentary that that you know a comedy a good comedy is just a drama with funny parts in it or right. jo- jokes and and you know this this here again is that there's a very solid character story and while you can you can mock you can laugh at what the characters are doing and what they want and how they behave the trick in comedy is the jeopardy has to be real to the characters. That's what's, right. that's what's yeah. important. Regardless you know, so. of what the joke is, the character has to believe it. It yeah. has to be completely serious for... Yeah, they have to take it seriously. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that's what makes it funny, is how right. seriously they take a ridiculous yeah, this thing. Would be a case. And usually when you watch people doing comedy badly, that's usually what's what the case is. is they, yeah. they know you can, it's you funny. can tell in their brains mm-hmm. are going, hey, this is a joke. Yeah. It's funny that I want to be, be in a white trash house. Yeah. Isn't this a great joke, yeah. everybody? No, she has to, as the actor, you can't do that. She has to mean it. You know, if, if you she doesn't mean it in the performance, yeah, then hate, it's not there. I hate television shows that use comedy formats like that, where they let you in on the joke and know they're in on the joke and kind of commit to it and then no. just kind of keep going. Uh, maybe it's, two it's or three minutes worth of it, yeah. just keep going, talking like this until the joke's done. But then, you know, when the joke, you know, yeah, it, it's different between no, the show, not. the show, and the character. <laughs> no, it's the show and the character. No, I'm not. Def- I'm not defending Family Guy in this case. But <laughs> hey, hey you said Family Guy. Yeah. Uh huh. But that, that's the difference. Well, it's, Family Guy... The show can laugh at itself. The show can go, hey, this is a joke. Yeah. But the character can't. Family Guy is a sketch comedy show. They don't tell stories on Family Guy. They right, do right. shtick. And that's fine. And there's a place for shtick. And I like their shtick. But you know, there, there is a difference between... you know. And here, comes, here comes the big crane shot. Remember, yeah, we another, were just yeah, like, inside... We just came out of this whole musical number and we're going to another gigantic And we're going musical all the number. way up to the rooftop. And, this is right a, and a beautiful shot I it is, I recall learning too. that this shot took place with a... It was a crane on a condor. It was a it was a two crane set. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah, <laughs> another nice little little up tempo, boom to boom number. Nice little little doo wop going on. Yeah, chews. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good stuff. Yeah, what is that? Is that is that <laughs> chewing tobacco? I think this, I guess it is. No, it's uh, gum. It's a little chiclet, chewing gum. Chiclet yeah. gum. Ah. 
It's like Chulis. You should try the cool, refreshing taste of Chulis. <laughs> oh my God, Alan Menken. <laughs> Alan. Now Ashman. Ashman, I believe, passed away many years ago, as oh, I recall. That's correct. So now it's just Menken. I like how they just kind of go insane all of a sudden. They stop singing and just. Yeah. Start dancing. There's, yeah, there's a. There's Have a, you seen Mary Poppins? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and here we go. And now, uh, it just again show the scope of the set. How giant this set yeah. is. This is like the rear window set. <laughs> yeah, this is like the other part of the rear window set. Look, uh, look at that. He's. Mm. I mean, there's got to be some cabling and servos and stuff in there, and he's, he's there is. sticking his finger in there. Yeah, you know, get, putting total faith in the puppeteers to not rip it off. <laughs> yeah. It's it's <laughs> all the different incarnations of Audrey are just, of course, state of the art puppetry. Again, it, it, I, I I would say they they could almost count as state of the art today. Well, like I said, yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's ever been topped. There, there's very few examples I can think of because nowadays people just go to CG for this kind of thing, which which can work and can has been done successfully. But don't forget Sturgeon's law. You know, right. this is this is among the ten percent of puppet work ever done in a movie, and and some some creature effects done in movies were among the ten percent of the best CG work done in movies. But right. uh, you know, so but you're looking at the, one of the among the best. <laughs> I ever. love how Seymour's brain is broken. Yeah, yeah he has no blood. Well, yeah, he's just powering. He's got a little low blood sugar problem. Talking a second ago about her how- name is Mrs. Shiva, by the way, yeah. which is the Hindu god of death, and mm-hmm. and there there's a joke in other versions. Well, of and also where uh, is family it, members keep dying, and also so they're his biggest customer yeah. anyway. Jewish Jewish people sit Shiva when isn't that a, the funeral service? I believe. Oh, there's also so, that. Yeah. Talking a second ago about how Rick Moranis put his hand into the the puppets, the puppeteers, you know. Sure. Yeah. Hands. I've done hands. worse. Yeah, basically hands. How how often is that a? I mean. Obviously, a lot of times when you're going to use a puppet, you're going to be interacting with someone. How often does do you end up with a problem where the puppeteer can't see oh. the actor <laughs> and pops him in the face? Or does anything like that ever happen? I punched Anthony Edwards in the head once with a dog. Uh, <laughs> that's my new favorite sentence. Yes, exactly. It's like, and, and I'm one of the few people on the planet who gets to say that sentence and mean it. Um, you? Yeah. There's more than one of you? I think. Well, I think uh, some actor on ER could probably say that. It probably happened at some point on the show. Um Pet Cemetery too. There's a scene, um, and, and there's a movie we should get to one of these days as a, as a you know skeleton in my closet. We could certainly talk about that uh, work of art, but um, which I in which I not only was a puppeteer, but I actually appear on screen in that one. Watch, Ooh. set your calendars for that show. Um, there's a scene where uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, there's a zombie dog that's been to the Pet Cemetery and has been reanimated. I'm puppeteering the zombie dog outside of a car. Anthony's inside of his car. He gets out of his car, and as he opens the door, the dog yeah comes and surprises and, and leaps and you know attacks him. Um, and it was a puppet. And I'm crouching behind the car. It's in Georgia. It was freezing cold. I'm laying in the mud down below and waiting for Anthony to open the door. And they're rolling the camera. And, I, you know, I don't have a monitor. And I, he opened the door and I missed my mark. And I just – I felt – like a conne- Connect. connection, and he and he started to and he started to scream his head off, and I thought I've just killed Anthony Edwards. Oh my god! Um, oh, and and oh, what, I'm sorry, you killed but- Goose, <laughs> Steve Martin. Yeah, exactly. Here he is, a fantastic again. Yeah. talking about the character, just to, kind of sarcastic, yeah. kind of straightforward, but just an awesome. Song. To finish the story before, so I don't lose the, the plot. I, sorry, uh, no, it's okay. I, uh, I I did not. He was in fact acting because he was supposed to be acting like the dog was attacking him. So I did not in fact hurt him. It just felt like I just just punched him like dead connected. in the head. Yeah, with a big handful Ooh. of metal and fiberglass. But yeah, it's, it's I love know, it, love it. Skirt. Yeah, the, the bike that the stops. The bike just keeps going until it stops. Now this scene in the in the stage that's, play. That's almost a a, a Fonzie thing where it's his very relationship Fonzie. with the the jukebox. 
Martin is amazing in this. The in the in the original stage play, this is a, a big showstopper of a number, and it's just like this. This is the actual number, and it goes pretty much wow. like this. Um, the lyrics are just hysterical, and it's funny because Steve Martin's admitted that he's a horrible singer, and I think he, <laughs> yeah. I mean for someone, and you can tell that he's not a great singer, but he carries the song perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah. His and his choreography is amazing. When uh-huh. he comes out of the closet, he's like, Ugh! yeah, like it's yeah. The perfect little kick that he does. I love I love that you can't even tell what he's doing half the <laughs> yeah, it's time. Just, like it's just what is he twisting? That's yeah, not how just, you go out of tune. Yeah, it's, that's how they that's how they do it in prison. Yeah, it's a it's a great number. Such a great number. Oh, oh, we're about so, to see an, another amazing uh, act of puppetry yeah, yeah, coming yeah, up here. By the way, yeah, the mouth shot. The, the mouth shot. Yes. So, Brian, this is uh, Audrey's the, the girl's. Boyfriend, this is the boyfriend. Who's a straight oh, up sadist, yeah. which is why she's been in the cash for most of the time. <laughs> yes. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. This is a yeah giant forced perspective, you know, and you can tell you can tell that this has that the giant know, scalpel. And the, the, yes, the uh, it's the the uh, the drill is this bizarre shaped. You know, I love I love drill. that it's always her too. Yes. It's always that. Why does she work for him? <laughs> he just beats the shit out of constantly. Yeah. He waited for her. <laughs> he could <laughs> hear her coming. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know why anyone right, goes right. to him. I love this. Yeah, Despite not being my favorite musical number, this is my favorite little shot in the movie right here. Yeah. Mom. Here comes the move. Watch your face. <laughs> here, right, comes here comes the move, comes and... Steve Martin, and it's... And... Doing! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> now this... I've practiced that in the mirror, and it is hard. Here's one of the few things that doesn't work as well in the movie as it did in the play. This right here is the end of the song in the play, too. And he goes... But he says it to the audience, and he goes to the left side of the house, say, ah, and everyone goes, ah, and he goes to the right side of the house, say, ah, and everyone goes, ah, and then he goes, now spit! And that's the blackout. <laughs> it's a great joke in a live show. It's a nice transition here. That is a cute idea. It's it's just yeah, just such a great introduction of a character who we're going to see continue to do things like that. Right. Yes. They're not like pulling punches and making him kind of a wacky sadist. No, he's no. A, he's like he, a fucked up asshole. He's a real yeah, deal. Is, that's, he will kill your ass. Yeah, yeah. Kill probably. He will kill you. That's spousal abuse. That's, if you're lucky. You know, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. That's like, dude, that stopped being spousal abuse at the death. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, <laughs> yeah. but I love that. <laughs> oh, Steve Martin's here. Oh, we were already rolling. We got that shot. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he was late for the, to the set. I like how he's got the, that little canister of, of little, laughing gas. Yeah. He's Which, like filled up a lighter with it. It can't be more than like a teaspoonful in there. Yeah, seriously. This is, is, this is such a great role. It, it, really, it really just speaks to what Steve Martin does really well without being sort of feeling like the, the sort of the Steve Martin shtick that he kind of sometimes can lapse into. It's, it's also weird to see him with black hair. If I it can really just... is. It's an odd look. <laughs> he hasn't had colored hair since he was 12. Yeah. That's one of his earliest jokes. He goes, uh, it's important to be, you know, accept reality. So, for example, I'm, I'm aware that one day my hair will turn gray. That was one of his early, early <laughs> jokes. <laughs> it's funny because his... What were you saying about his shtick? Because his, his, his stand-up routine was always very mm-hmm. silly and wacky and lighthearted. Yeah. I've got happy feet. <laughs> I mean, like, right. to the head... Popping balloons, and then he busts out with something like "Shop Girl," and it's like, yeah. "Wow, exactly. Steve Martin, huh. yeah, you've got it. this whole like Bill Murray side, Steve you Martin, don't you?" Yeah. Steve Martin is kind of Robin Williamsing on me because I, the last thing that Steve Martin did that I just could, I couldn't believe how much I loved it was Bowfinger. Yeah, ever see Bowfinger? Yes. I loved Bowfinger. Another Fun movie. Frank Oz movie, if another I'm not mistaken. I believe it is, and it, another it, movie that's not that's not real, but you know, Close. the Jeopardy's real to the characters, and that's why it works. Yeah. 
mind head. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. <laughs> doctor. Doctor. Ow. You're welcome. <laughs> garage door is opening. Now, I believe we're about to head into the scene where the plant will actually begin to speak yes. for the first time. Now, is, yes. is, is it Levi Stubbs? It, it is Levi Stubbs, Stubbs from the okay. Four Tops. Yes. And Fantastic it, choice. And it was, and it was Levi, think, Levi let's Stubbs. Let's get a Motown singer yeah, just the, for the, big, the plant. Yeah, Audrey, too, with the voice of a gigantic uh, yeah, Four Tops singer, too. bass singer. Was um, Orson Welles still alive at this point? Because that would have been a great I think voice. He wasn't he was so much. Gone. Well, he doesn't uh, sing. And the, Audrey's going to do some serious yeah, singing pretty soon. Serious singing. Audrey, the the plant has the best voice in yeah. this show. Levi Stubbs uh, did the voice of the plant um, um, in in at least some of the the stage versions. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, and and the that was interesting. It, it's an ish- one of the more interesting curtain calls. Uh, if you ever see this play live, the way the way it was when I saw it several times is, of course, how do a, a puppeteer and a, a voiceover guy who never actually appears on stage. How do they how do they do a curtain call? Well, the the end of the the end of the movie, the end of the play. Everyone comes out and takes their bow, and then the plant, of course, the giant plant, because the plant's at its biggest at the end of the play. It's still on stage. Um, the plant opens, 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 opens up, and then the guy Martin Robinson, the, the show I saw, just kind of opens up the thing that how he gets into it, and suddenly reveals himself right in the middle of the plant. He takes it away, and then a guy comes, a big, a giant black guy that you've never seen before in your life comes running on stage with a T-shirt on that says <laughs> "Feed me." And goes and points to it. So you go, oh, it's the voice. He was the voice. Uh-huh. Oh, you know. So. <laughs> oh, it's talking. Yeah. God, look at the lip sync. Beautiful. Now, again, this is where it comes. If, if you, you look know, close, this is where you're going to start uh, to see a lot of the half speed work like that. Like, see that that's that's definitely half, back, yeah. the half speed. So sometimes things get a little punchy, but something this big, and this is multiple puppeteers all yanking on cranes. It takes a lot of rehearsal. I've done lots of Jesus. lots of this kind of work, but but to get something that big to be this punchy, this that's why they shot a lot of this half uh-huh. speed. And also half speed, you can nail the lip sync much better. Must be blood, blood, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, I, very exaggerated. Are they, do, and, it, and it just pulls in sides of the lips and yeah. stuff. It's it, never are, do they articulate the puppet to make? Like visim shapes, like phoneme shapes, or do they just articulate the puppet in general, and they have to nail those 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 poses? It's 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 a combination. I, again, I wasn't on this movie specifically, but uh, the ones I've done, you you tend to animate the lips so they just can generically do things, and then if you know that there's something specifically Lots that you have to nail, yeah, then you might add that in. <laughs> but of course, you know, a, a lip now, of course, something this big. And doing it half speed, you get a lot more freedom because there's lots of room to hide stuff in there, as opposed to as opposed to a small puppet. Um, but you know, a, a mouth can't be all things for all things. So, so it's one of the things about puppet lip sync, and I've certainly gotten away with it myself. Is is you can actually have a puppet lip sync and go, wow, they totally nailed it. But you could also redub that with a completely different line, and it would look like it nailed it because it's not not really a human mouth, right? It's moving so, the face in a way that looks good. Yeah, that makes and, sense. As opposed to we did Phantom Menace, where you can see they were nowhere close. It wasn't even remotely <laughs> close. You didn't buy it a bit. But here is just again, it's it's a look. It's right up in its face. Yeah, it's a guy who it's a director who knows what puppets can do with one of the best puppeteer and puppet building crews ever assembled. I mean, this is what you can get. I, I, oh God, I love, I love, it's not just the lip sync, it's everything about the it's, it's character. It's all of the, yeah, all of the, the way all it of moves the its neck yeah. and, and curls, you know, Especially the, the, the work of the vines, because the vines oh, yeah. are often actually, you know, doing counterpoint or, or pantomiming things. You know, and again, there's some guy who, who worked, you know, rehearsed for four weeks just to get that, you know, make that little muscle shape with the, with the plant. Right. I, I've, I've been that guy, not the guy in this case, but I've been the guy in other cases. So are the vines, presumably? I mean, oh, this is a great, this is a great camera move yeah. as well. Working with the puppet straight into the mouth. 
Obviously, it didn't work on this, and that's a caveat for the remainder of the movie. But yeah. in your estimation, are the tendons just are, are the fines just like a tendon setup where there's lots of wires in them for different levels of curviness, or is there they're, some other way of doing that? They're going to be cable operated. There's a I, the movie I did right after this was the Blob, and if you happen to see the Blob, and maybe we'll do it someday, the Blob extruded tentacles, which were exactly the same technology which were used to do the vines here. It was it's it's literally a, it's a cable trick. It's, it's basically build a thing that looks like a giant plastic spine, and then you have these cable controls where you can make it bend in any direction you want. And by the way you tune the wires, you can make it turn a curlicue, or you can make it spiral, or you can, you know, again, customize it. Because a vine is a vine is a vine. So you might go, okay, take the curl, take the, get the, give me the vine that can grab something, and let's put that over here, and it'll pick up the phone or whatever else. Now, as I recall, yeah. this one is, there's a guy... And again, we have to go back to the Cinefax article or something. This one being the medium-sized plant. I have that one. There's a, there's, a guy, there's a guy who's actually standing doing the bulk of the body rock on this. And then, of course, there's all the people doing all the cable work with the lips and, the, and stuff. But there's, there's somebody actually just lifting it and humping it in a scene like this from the side. You know, he's hidden in the wall or, or they, they might be doing a little optical split and pushing him out. But I think this is, plant looks like it's being operated from the side. I bet that's how they do that shot. And that's the thing. I mean, there's there's... You know, uh, people talk about CGI so much because it can free you up and stuff like that. But it's like you don't feel constrained. Like the shots feel like they're chosen yeah. for a good reason, and you don't you don't feel like they're shooting around the yeah. constraint. You know, it, it just feels right. Brian looks so confused. <laughs> no, I'm digging it. Yeah, he's yeah. enjoying the movie. Yeah. I I'm also noticing how another shots are totally locked down like they've given themselves freedom so the camera can just drift yeah oh yeah well again because these are there's not a single visual effect going on here right really so it's it's happening why not it's with a fucking plant it's happening right in front of the only the only the only constraint is of course it is half speed so everyone has to be aware of that extra you know extra little (laughs) have to be soft with their ins and outs i would imagine that's the kind of thing where that plant would kind of scare the hell out of you for real (laughs) like once it actually gets up and starts moving and you've got the playback you feel like you're performing with something that's real it's better you know? than the cg thing yeah. Yeah, yeah you absolutely forget yeah holy talking mackerel this thing is huge he, he, he like busted his hand yeah. uh, slamming through those doors oh, yeah, really in in another take excellent according to imdb on, on, on both the oh, hallway yeah. and the apartment now here's here's where the plant and rick cut loose with their duet which is just you know. this is the one where i'm talking about you can see the hair on on yeah. rick's face just blowing back in the wind mm. beautiful number yeah Oh man, it's a great. It's a this great, would have been so much fun to be a part of. This make a movie yeah. like this. The stage version that uh, that I that I would see. This this was You're a, right. You can't see his hair flapping. Yeah, yeah. Look at it. He's actually, he's actually emoting at him. <laughs> and, and I don't know if that's an effect that they would add it. Or it might just be the weight of those lips mashing yeah, together. It might lips. well just be. Watch he, he sticks his head right in yeah. there. <laughs> Beautiful. The uh, the plant that does this number in the stage play that I saw is is, is just a, a suit. I mean, it's about the plant bulb is about the size of a, you know a, a beanbag chair or so, and it's literally just a, a thing you stood in and 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 manipulated. And it was uh, the most yeah. There we go. So this is it was one of the it's a great little number in the stage play. As well. Bill Anyways, Murray had a great deck. So Bill Murray is doing his homage to the Jack Nicholson role from the original movie. So it, it, very very similar to what Nicholson did in the movie. Oh, I had that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I, this rig is the nasty. I just I, I lie awake. It's like an armature for a King Kong. It really does. I lie awake. It probably is. I lie awake. Nice. <laughs> it's worrying probably something what this out does. of the puppet shop. Yeah. 
Now, when we – insider – I like how he's like, I helped yeah, her. Insider story that doesn't mean anything. Uh, when we did The Blob, which, of course, was Lyle's movie right after this. This movie had just come out. Um, and it, I was very excited to work for Lyle because he was the guy who did Little Shop. It was you know, great. And he, he knows more about you know building and making puppets than anyone I'll ever work with, um, except maybe Phil. But um, – but from this scene, there's a scene where, where Bill Murray uh, refers to, you know, a, a really good pain as, you know, getting a candy bar. You know, when you, his, his, whole, his whole fixation on the dentist comes from when he was a kid and you go to the dentist, but then they give you a candy bar. And what sense does that make? And so there's a scene where he, in, in, his, in his ecstasy of torture, um, he screams out, candy bar, I'm getting a candy bar, candy bar. And, and, of course, everyone at the Blob Shop had seen Little Shop of Horrors, of course. He goes to den- a dentist every day, <laughs> every day is what he's saying right now. Every one of us in the shop had had uh, had seen this movie so you you would actually hear it in the shop all the time if someone hurt themselves and it was a huge shop full of people all working with machinery and doing different things if someone hurt themselves they would scream candy bar that was the, <laughs> that was the inside joke it's like you hear this clang candy bar candy bar <laughs> that was our running joke through the whole movie if you hurt yourself you you would automatically scream candy bar got a candy That's bar adorable i'm gonna start doing that yeah i think it should be revived i think it's time to revive it when you hurt yourself, scream candy bar. It's also family friendly. Yeah, that's a good is, curse word substitute. Oh, oh God, watch, 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 watch Bill Murray. Yeah. Just, Bill the, just the subtle things he does. Yeah, he continues. He's fucking Bill no, Murray. No, no, but he, he just yeah. continues oh. his monologue. But the things he does while he's speaking, just yeah. his mannerisms are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> The little, the little excited jig he does here in a second. No, I there it is. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know, but this is kind of perverted to have in kind of a mainstream motion picture. It's perverted. Yeah. And beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this is obvious. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't pull punches either on, on the fact that this is obviously a sexual thing. Because he starts screaming yeah, yes and groping yeah, at his back. And, as it happens. and that's, that's always been what this scene was about. Right. Now, as I recall, though, I don't think. Oh, I don't. This, <laughs> okay. this, I like how he bothered Brian to move it from back pocket yeah. to front pocket Brian just so we could see it. it. Man, yeah. you should see him. The stage play, I don't believe, had the masochist in it, though. As I, I don't remember, it has that character in it. Hmm. So this is this is something from the original movie that they've brought back for this thank movie. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Candy Bar. And again, as if he's talking to a prostitute here. <laughs> yeah, it's your professionalism <laughs> that I respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the beautiful thing about this is the beautiful thing about this is Steve Martin can't get off on this because yeah, Steve Martin this ruins it for Steve because yeah. <laughs> because the guy's not supposed to enjoy it. That takes all the fun out of it for him. Get out. <laughs> There's the candy bar. Uh, candy, bar candy bar. Claps <laughs> so. his hands as it comes yeah. at him. <laughs> I'd forgotten that, but then suddenly we got to this scene. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Candy, there it candy is. Bar. There we go. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, this is where Steve just okay. That's sick. This is gross. <laughs> this is grossing me out. Doesn't he say that? He kicks Wait, him out and he's I, like, yeah. God damn it. Sick sick yeah. I love this. The way he spits out the gauze here in a second. It's like, it's a weird gravity effect of it. The way, the way, <laughs> yeah. There's like some kind of zero gravity thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> What a fun scene that must have been. Yeah. I could say that about pretty much all of these the scenes in this movie, though. Well, probably the other ones are probably grueling and technical and having to do it half speed and rehearse a lot. That was just those two guys just got to be in a room and be wacko. I think they probably liked it more than anything else. Oh, my God. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. What a fucking great, just great yeah. movie. 
He sounds like George W. Bush. Yeah, he's got a little southern thing going on there. No, not even southern. Like, straight up mid-Texas. It's bumpkin. Well, mid-Texas is in the south there, boy. I, did, did, let's check a map. I'm not, did I'm, the, did the word Krellborn, like, I've heard people use it as a pejorative. Did that predate the character, or has that, did that come I'm, from the character? I'm not that familiar with it. in the middle all the time, didn't they? What's that? I think they used that. Board, but they, that may be weird, but uh, you know, I, I believe. I love that it's clearly yes. another animal, yeah, and like he's like, "Look, <laughs> it's like a wolverine or something." What the hell is that? An I otter, think it's a jackal, but, <laughs> or a hyena. Yeah. God, can you imagine <laughs> a foot-powered dentist drill? <laughs> That's just the most horrifying thought. <laughs> I like how he thinks putting lips in front of his teeth is going to be... Yeah, I like the way ball. he drags Seymour around in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good cut, too. Yeah. That yank was like across a cut, and you don't really notice it. Yeah, very, very smooth. When I went to USC Film School, this is a segue. I, I, um, I walked I walk by the I walked by the dental office. I love the little balloons. Yeah, the. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are the exact those like exactly the balloon, balloons that they, they tell you won't inflate on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? they, they won't inflate. But. <laughs> Sorry, Trey. Be sure you put, be sure you put it over your nose and mouth because we don't actually have enough to go around. Um, I used to walk by the dental building where the dental students would work, and you could go and get free dental work at the dental. Students, well, if you were willing to let a dental student be the one doing right. the work on you, hair salon, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if you get a bad haircut from a real beautician, that's one thing. But a, but a dental student who flubs your exam is another thing. I remember just one day I was walking by there, and you'd hear them working, and you'd hear the tools going. One day I walked by there, and this is what I heard. You'd always hear this from the workshop. And one day I heard this. Oh. <laughs> And I almost passed out in the street just from the sound of it. I just tried to picture what the, what the hell was going on. Oops, someone needs a sharper bit, I think. Time to change the bit on that drill. This, this number essentially is a... Um, there actually was a song, which I guess we oh, don't have here. By the way, Brian, you might miss it if we don't point it out. Point it out for me, Seymour. Yeah. 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 Seymour doesn't, Seymour doesn't actually kill him. Because he's a dick dog. I love uh, Seymour doesn't kill anyone actually. Yeah. He doesn't if kill you, anybody. Yeah. But he but he does he is a, he is an accessory and that's why Oh yeah, he's absolutely <laughs> Which again, the you know, the and we'll yeah, get we'll, the, we'll get to the we'll get to the totally changed ending from the original here's, show. Here's a great very genuine dramatic moment in this yeah. movie. But while while Seymour never actually kills anyone, he you know, he certainly enabled you know, and it's going to get worse from here. Enabled and was an accessory to many people getting killed, which is why at the end he should be punished. And yet, this movie, and for the sake of a happy ending, changes that right and gives him a supposedly happy ending, which I, I very much disagree with. There was originally a musical number in the show. There's a musical number called it's "Just the Gas" that uh, happens at that point, which just kind of drags out that moment, and the scene doesn't really need it. So I can see he, he actually sings a song as he's dying from the gas. So he's singing this very sad song and laughing hysterically is the number from uh, the show. I don't know where that came from. I've always been baffled as to where that little that little mirror came out of. My, my favorite <laughs> of the corpse, aside from "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," where they throw it off the hotel oh, God. and it mm. hits the side of the dumpster. Uh, yeah. Oh, boing! <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Jesus! Really? <laughs> the dog <laughs> comes yeah. running. Yeah, up. get away. Go, get go. Away. Get out of here. All right. I gotta go to eat a hooker's leg. Yeah. This is where it starts to get really kind of wacky with yeah. the, uh, getting out the axe and so on. Yeah. Huh? 
dude, it's a musical comedy. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Whoa, 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 whoa. We're about uh, to hit the R here. Yeah, the that's R rating. Right. We're, heading, we're heading into R territory. Uh, Mr. Stubbs, we are a green band movie. We, okay. So yeah, so here, here, in, in, in all other incarnations of this of this story, um, you know, Seymour is now, you know, he's 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 crossed the line. This is where Seymour crosses the line into, you know, being a bad person, basically, and that's why the original ending made sense because in the end, the plant wins. Seymour, you know, everyone, every character dies, and the plants take over the the world. Is the way the musical oh. ends. Um, this uh, they they shot that ending and uh, they they did it and there was a you know million dollars worth of effects in it and and then it I forget it was I don't know if it was because of a bad test screening test screening because the thing was in in a uh, in a play everyone comes out and takes a bow and it's like oh that's great we don't have yeah. to feel so bad everyone's not dead but in this everyone's dead and they stay dead and yeah. you're depressed and you're like wait I came here to laugh and watch a plant sing so yeah. <laughs> they changed they changed the ending uh, to to let people walk away with at least a more pleasant, Some if blizzard, somewhat yeah. ambiguous ending. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's really sad to me because in the in the stage, oh, in here's the, here's, a, here's another bit where it's like. Rick Moranis has got some guts in the way he interacts with this fucking thing <laughs> yeah. because it, it very nearly yeah. there's a couple of times the where it snapping. looks like it takes his hand almost takes his hand off and I think he's probably genuinely scared. <laughs> yeah, he's like, not really holy like, Those puppeteers are drunk back there. I, I mess saw those guys at lunch. They're hammered. They're stoned. <laughs> Yeah, what were you going to say? You were telling. Us I was. I was uh, well, aren't I always? It's um, the, <laughs> yes, and I always interrupt to get back to the that's movie. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know. Go ahead. The 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 stage play ends with a giant musical number called "Don't Feed the Plants," which is how the movie originally ended. And if you have the very rare, out of print, pulled from release version that had as a special feature the original ending, uh, you can maybe see that. They, it's they available still, on YouTube. I've seen it before. They oh, still yeah. have that song on the soundtrack, by the way, to yeah. this film because they did record it. Yeah, but uh, but they did not do that number, and that was the big ending number was where everyone's been eaten and the big plants and, are everywhere, and the plants have taken over the planet. I'm a little confused as to as to the timeline here because I always assumed that this was morning. But it becomes pretty clear that it's sunset when this when this next scene occurs. This is suddenly Seymour, isn't it? Yes. This is which is a, a, uh, another belter of a number that's just. Oh, well, especially for her. And the, yeah. the amazing thing is, she sings with that with her little girl voice until yeah. she suddenly and starts then shifts singing. that gear. Suddenly mm-hmm. that gear flips, and uh, what the hell? Where's that voice coming from? And you know, Moranis acquits himself very well in this number. Oh yeah, I know. You think it, I would think that Moranis, you know, when he got cast in this, is like, wait, I'm supposed to sing opposite Ellen Green? What? Right. Are you out of your mind? I don't know if Moranis had any background as a singer much. You know, there are some actors you go, oh, you know, you don't know that they were singers first, like Kevin Klein and Manny Patinkin. You know, mm-hmm. Kevin Klein's a singer. Mandy Patinkin's a singer. Yeah, both it's of a, them really. Yeah, they're they're first. They you know, the Broadway musicals is where they started, and the acting was kind of like, well, you kind of have to act if you're in a musical. So I got into acting from there. But yeah, Mandy Patinkin and Kevin Klein, listen to them sing every once in a while. Wow, um, I did not know that so, about Kevin Klein. Yeah, so uh, and dance for that matter too. They're they're both Broadway yeah, guys. Yeah, Chris Walken is a song and dancer. Exactly, that Christopher Walken started as a singer and dancer. So, so I don't know if Moranis has that kind of a background. Brian, this might be the uh, seminal music number from the, from the film. I know this number. And I say seminal for two reasons. <laughs> Ew. Ew. You know the number Suddenly Seymour? You're familiar with it? How do you, yeah, know, like, how do you, you know, know the song? Well, you know, it's one of those things. That you even though you never... Culture. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly it. It's one of those things that even though you may not have ever seen the original thing, the original work seeps into popular culture and then you get the derivatives like if you've watched Simpsons but 
it would be interesting if you watched Simpsons but had never seen anything ever referenced. You got like secondhand popular <laughs> pop culture, right? Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sure Simpsons have re- has referenced this millions of times. For our musicians in the audience, by the way, this song is a very simple combination of D major and A major. Have fun, go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Lift up your head. Will we be attaching the sheet music to uh, to the online? I'm just saying. I, just... I learned this song and was stoked to find that it's an entirely simple song to play. I wonder if we should, we should do that. Maybe we should do you know, all these. We've been referencing original Little Shop and the you know the original ending to this movie, and chances are all of that stuff is. I know Little Shop. Little Shop is uh, the original Little Shop movie is now public domain. So really? um, you can get the whole thing, and and you know we could do the whole we could do that movie, and we could you know we could redub it, and we could sell it if we wanted to. But uh, <laughs> wait a moment. But um, you know we should probably search out and see if uh, find that original ending. Probably is on YouTube. Probably. Illegally. I like how she talks about wearing a nice outfit as opposed <laughs> as, to a cheap yeah, and tasteless. Oh, yeah, it. wearing a nice you outfit like this one. I thought I was the only one that got that joke. No, no, no. I'm there. Nice. No, that's good. Lol yeah. satire. Cheap and tough. The gutter. Lol, 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 lol. She talked about when she was in the gutter. The gutter. Oh, here it comes. And yeah. still do. Yeah. I saw motherfucking Lift up Nick your head. Lachey and Jessica Simpson play this song. What? Life was over after that. Oh, was it horrifying? They're not was it horror okay? singers. <laughs> they're, they can no, sing. They're, they're famous because they can sing, as opposed right. to Paris Hilton, who's famous because she can exist. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And breathe. Barely. Yeah. Convert. Oxygen into carbon dioxide. No, it was, she can count it was, by tapping her hoof. Great. <laughs> Nick Lachey is, oddly enough, a better singer than Jessica Simpson. Hmm. Nick Lachey is a damn good singer. Hmm. A lot of the boy band guys actually are decent singers. Yeah, that's Justin true. Justin Timberlake is a pretty boy. Oh, yeah. You know, Justin Timberlake, I, I, I couldn't name a single song that he's ever done, but I... Just from seeing him do personal appearances, I think he's he's tremendously talented and he's funny. I mean, he, he has no oh, yeah. problem mocking himself, which is one of the reasons I think Justin Timberlake is fine. Uh, <laughs> I have no argument with Justin Timberlake. I also, I, do too. I also know, yeah, easy there. I also, I also know his name, which makes him different from most of the other guys. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good way to start. Yeah, I know he exists. Rick Moranis is singing with Ellen Green. Yeah. Please turn off your cell phones during the recording. Now we have to start again. Oh dear. Well, that was that was a good take. Let's, let's. yeah. We we I think we we'll get it the next time. <laughs> we'll nail it. So uh, look, at, look at the camera. Yeah, just the camera's just gonna go. We got this whole ruin set, and we're gonna use every square inch of it, and we're gonna sing, and we're gonna choreograph like crazy. It's, I love how she's still trying to be weak and meek with her voice, but it's yeah. It's but evident the, that she's voice like, she's, comes she's out. Losing it now. Yeah, Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. She right. just, she just go. goes. The titles actually help go. a little bit because it's kind of hard to understand her the yeah. first time you, you listen to her sing. But, yeah, she's risking it out. Although she does Amazing. make kind of a weird velociraptor face when she's singing. <laughs> well, just watch her face and think, yeah. I've heard, I've heard some, <laughs> some, oh, singers, oh. some singers actually rehearse not making a hideous face when they sing. I mean, well, that's first, John Mayer so he won't feel embarrassed. Exactly. First is learning to hit the notes and then is not looking like a gargoyle when you're hitting the notes. <laughs> so... That's actually they, a skill. They have to. Uh, they have to say that to uh, contestants on American Idol or not. Yeah, trying not to look hideous when really? you sing. Yeah, they do. They're like, yeah, that you've got a great voice, but you scare the hell yeah, exactly. out of me when you sing. Yeah. The way you stare your or face, whatever. It's always something weird. Your face is like a sea anemone when you sing. <laughs> it's not attractive at all. And it's, you know, it's sad, but they have to think about that stuff to be on American Idol. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there's the chorus. There are the girls. Here comes another big shot. There she paint goes. Shot. Wow. Man, look at it go. Open up the lungs. Yep. A little moment where his hair should be blown back in this scene. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. She's the girl that's in what? Pumping out 100 decibels right at him. 
Yeah. Watch the neck. Watch the neck. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. god. Oh. Look at her. Look at the look veins, at, look man. At the collarbone going there. It's fantastic. Yeah. And and she she has got quite a rack on her, at least the way the, the dress is. Yeah, I'm not well. even normally the guy who notices that. Yeah, exactly. But, but I'm like, damn. Dead people can damn notice her. that. Singing into the sunset. Cut. There's a comatose uh-huh. guy who can see that. I mean, yeah. come on. And then, of course, you know, it's meant to be that way. It's not like they didn't realize. Oh, of course. Because they didn't realize. Seriously, it's like uh, you feel like the crowd goes wild right there because it's yeah, like, exactly. It was it was beautiful. That's as good as it's gonna get. Good night, everybody. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. Happily ever after. Now for Act Two. Yeah. Oh yeah, plant. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, plant. Thing. There's that plant that eats people that I have to deal with. <laughs> the bed that eats people. people yeah. Actually, I looked it up. It's only it's, the bed. It's that called eats. the bed that the bed that eats. Yeah, the bed that eats. Have you seen clips from it? What? I've seen clips. I want to see that. At least There's a couple of clips from from Deathbed that probably I've seen. after Patton Oswalt did a bit about it. Though. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was that big of a deal before. Yeah. But like someone gets their hands stuck, big sucked into That's, the extra dimensional bed. Yeah. That's like I, a nine, maybe ten yeah. foot giant plant. With yeah. Those. Yep. It's that, a that big can puppet. smile at the corners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> among the other things it can do, and sing. <laughs> That's got to weigh a ton. It's a yeah. triple threat. By the time uh, lot. by the thing got uh, to, the, as I recall uh, from the, again, I wasn't there in person, but as I recall from the Cinefix article, the, by the time that they got to the full size, which is going to get one scale bigger than this before the movie's out, I think. Um, it, oh, yeah, uh, it gets way bigger. They have it. They, they actually had to. They had it on a forklift, but the forklift itself was was like cantilevered. So the, the weight of the body of the forklift was the counterbalance on the thing. It was this gigantic, uh, yeah, mechanical rig. Speaking of how to shoot around it, like we're we're gonna get to it after this scene. The next time we, uh, after supper time, which is the next song, the next time we see it, it's that the the full mega, the size. mega version. Yeah, and and that one you never. You, it is always being shot into the corner because it's got this yeah, it's, this rebar right. coming out from the back That's of the right. set to keep it's it got from, so many it's like 30 some <laughs> puppeteers behind it and all this mechanical hardware to, it's just so darn big so yeah it's not as mobile as earlier versions but but you don't feel that you no still you don't, don't but that's because that. they, they keep uh, one of the design I remember Lyle mentioned this and uh, one of the design ideas is every time the plant changes size it also grows new abilities so you know first it was the little mouth and that was it and then it was sort of the articulated leaves that could, and then it was the vines, and then of course in the it next big the number the, the vines are green, and then it could talk. But the next one, of course, the vines are going to pop pods, so he's got little little you know sub yeah. and a chorus going on. So every time you see it, it's got more things that it does. And this the, the color work on this thing is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful, really pretty plant. The paint job is fantastic. Yeah. I can only imagine that this all started when Roger Corman was driving to work one day and passed a Venus flytrap stand. <laughs> Probably said, "Make a movie about that." Oh, and 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 remember, this is uh, this is a female plant <laughs> with a really a deep voice spa- species <laughs> wow. with nice, pretty red lips on it. Yeah, I know, and, and singing with again, the voice of Levi. It's, what's the message they're trying to uh, they're trying to impart mm-hmm. here? It's, it's this song creeped the shit out of and rightly so. Scary song. Separate this time. is a scary yeah. song. Now, this is sort of an interesting change because Mushnick mm. says, "You know what? Go." Almost like a son, by the way, is a reference to the play. Yep. But, uh, he lets him go. He says, th- "I'll give you This five is minutes. interesting. He tries to. Yeah. He tries to. But that's because he was going to steal Audrey. He's right. going to take the money. So he he's tries exactly to make his own guy. Faustian bargain here, yeah. and uh, it Too doesn't late. work out for him. Yeah, yeah, the devil's already got his soul. Rick Moranis is like, "Don't you read Campbell? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is not the hero's journey we're doing. It's the other one. I love. I love how he actually like 
Seymour actually buys everything he said. I guess it's going back to Mushkin and Son. Yeah. Right? Because uh, he's he's totally like, you do that for me? That's so great. When it's so obviously like, yeah. go away f- until yeah. you die. That's right. And never come back. You can be a fugitive for life and I'll be the millionaire. Deal? Da-dum. Everyone's all like, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, I don't know. Yeah. Look at this. This is yes. shots like this. Beautiful, just, beautiful, ooh. eerie stuff. Now this it's is incredibly. About, now the movie has, has brought you along a very careful path. I mean, imagine coming into this scene cold. Okay, hey, watch a clip from a movie. You know, so it's like, <laughs> wait, there's a guy and there's a plant and there's doo-wop girls outside being scary and what is this I'm watching? You know, but but the movie has brought you to this place because right. it is Spartacus and has like <laughs> educated you that this is okay and you it's, you know, it's a it's a really fine balance to ex- to establish your universe. Establish the rules and then break them, or or watch how it unfolds when you play into the rules. Mm. Well, I like how they lean forward to see yeah. what's about what to happen. The? Hey, with the ouch! <laughs> I think they got Gennaro. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think this was too. You're gonna need a bigger plant shop. He didn't set you up right for that. <laughs> yeah, I but, know. I know. But that's good. <laughs> that was nice though. It was good. 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 Good, good hustle out there. Good hustle. Michael, you're a dick. <laughs> They were going to go with that. <laughs> I like how the guy throws in up yours yeah. as the toast. Yeah. Up yours. So true. Send you one lecturing to us. That, that guy wants to be John Waters. It ought to be John Waters. Say. It should have been John Waters in that uh, cameo. The concept is mine. So, so coming up on the point where the movie makes its departure from from the play and and you can actually you can actually see the exact shot at which that happens you can, <laughs> you can there's a moment when you can instantly tell okay here's the new ending starting right now we're not quite there yet oh the 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 reprisal of um uh supper time that comes up is really is there one is, more supper time it's even uh yeah yeah and it's it manages to actually be even more creepy than the <laughs> than the first version of Supper Time because of um, because of what the audience knows versus what the character oh, okay, knows right. when when he sings it to Audrey okay. when the plant sings it to Audrey in a bit. So there's, there's, this is mega Audrey now. Like you can't even, you it's so big you can't even really tell what it is at this point. <laughs> yeah, That's, until it starts to sing and then yeah. <laughs> then you can tell. I love that. They just kind of pan the lights over it, and it's like, you'd still do that, but it'd be CGI. Oh, look out! Oh, jeez. No matter matter what you made that out of, that would still be scary to be standing next (laughs) to. I don't care if you made that out of styrofoam. You still don't want to be anywhere near that when it's falling over. Just a, he starts going insane. Yeah, just, <laughs> you're on live TV, kid. It's it's just again. It's you can just see the beautiful detail of of all this, you know, plant work and the vinery, if that's a word, vinery, and and the leafage, which is also a word. <laughs> she gives him the weakest slap. <laughs> <laughs> you're hysterical. Thanks, I needed that. <laughs> that guy was kind of weird. Yeah, something about this ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's here's another one of those cameos that uh, you kind of go, huh? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this coming up this cameo kind of... Okay, we've had Christopher Guest, and we've had, you know, John Candy, and we've had Bill Murray, and we've had Steve oh, wait, Martin. Wait, wait, that doesn't come... No, that doesn't come until after... Is that uh, after? Uh, after the plant tries to eat her. Oh, okay. Wait, the that's, no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. If you kids could just stop singing for one minute, you're right. It's yeah. not this scene. Which is, which it's in this alley. Line. It's in Fantastic this. Yeah, it's in this alley, but it's not. It's not in this scene in this alley. You're right. I was ahead. Of I myself. love. I love how how they they later uh, their plan is to defraud Better Homes and Gardens <laughs> by taking their money and then running the fuck out of town. And that is the American dream. <laughs> See, she's she's getting the hang of it now. It's not just howdy doody and washing machines. It's also defrauding major corporations <laughs> using this thumb and a ballpoint pen with his adorable bow tie. <laughs> He's like Tucker Carlson. Yes, it's not. It's if Tucker Carlson had a giant plant that granted every wish, and who says he doesn't? That would explain so much. I want to be on TV. I don't care how. Done. Okay. Talk about a a Faustian bargain. (laughs) You get to be a famous commentator on Fox News. And you have to wear a bow tie the whole time. And everyone under the age of 50 will think you're a dork. You can't tell, but look how small her breasts are or her chest is now. <laughs> what? 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 Like, look how... What? Keep your mind the, out of the gutter. Compared to the <laughs> other scenes where they're like, bam! Yeah. Well see, played, Tristo. See, it's all, of, it's all about, uh, you know, it's all about uh, the, 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 the hardware. The change, Now he's gotten kind of the, stripey. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, he, yeah. He's starting to look like a dinosaur, really. He's gotten a little tiger stripe thing going on. Yeah, he's a, he's a Velociraptor. <laughs> Two. Clever girl. Would that be an Ava Audrey? <laughs> Oh dear! Or a Utah Audrey? It's a Tyrannosaurus. That's, a, that's for the dinosaur you watch fans a lot in the, of the house. History Channel, don't you? <laughs> Sometimes a little bit. No, the little History bit. Channel now includes like Bigfoot and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like, okay. how is this history? history life after people. This is barely his, yeah. the Discovery his, Channel. Let's history Channel, yeah, they're they're redeeming themselves with life after people, but yeah, well, History Channel is getting kind of stupid, and Discovery Channel is starting to worry me too because they're kind of turning into the stuff blows up channel. We don't care anymore. This is sort yeah. of an inside yeah. inside. They still got some great stuff. You guys have to understand. I, I just noticed the other day that the History Channel's tagline has changed from what it was to, we make history. <laughs> yeah. As we, we decide just make what history we is. We just totally make it up. It's, well, it's, per- it's perfect. That's still nothing compared to, I don't know, if, if, if any representative of the Sci-Fi Channel was here, I would smack them like a bitch oh, right y- now. F-Y. I don't know what the hell that's about. That's got to be the dumbest thing since New Coke, but we'll see. Now again, it's just the, every time it gets up, it's just terrifying. Now this thing is like, colossal, which means that the, the articulation has actually gotten better <laughs> because it's got it's got more room to put more hardware back right. there, and you could actually make it articulate Brian's even more. This. That's a damn big puppet. That's face. a big puppet. <laughs> One of the biggest you'll ever see. That's got that's pushing like eighteen feet tall. Give or give or take, yeah. Now there's still some. Every so often, there's a min, like when, he, when it's just alone, you're often seeing it as a smaller miniature. But uh, yeah, it's right here in the scene with Rick Moranis. Of, of course, it seems like the uh, the, um, the the shop has somehow managed to grow <laughs> yeah. along with the puppet because I'm pretty sure the ceilings were not that high. It's before. a very high ceiling shop they've got there. But yeah, like there, there is a little, there's a little miniature set that they did and so on. But again, just look at all those. Vines <laughs> again. Is the, you kids today, you don't know, but this is pre pre CG. I mean, every one of those moving vines, there's at least one person, if not more, back there manipulating cables, and they all have to do it in sync and rehearse and puppeteer club and watching themselves on television. It's not an easy thing to do well, which is why it's so rarely done well. And this is one of the cases where it was. I'm tired too. <laughs> that looks hard. It's hard for a plant. 
hard out here for a plant. Hard out here for a plant. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it, like here. This is, oh, well, this is not that one, the Oscar. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is not easy. <laughs> Speaking as a puppeteer, this is not easy. Did it have coin in it when it went down? Yeah, I'm sure that, that was the coin dropped out of the thing so and just went to its mark. So, But here we go. This, this, is, this, one's this, is, for, this is for real. <laughs> now, you can see the stick in the phone cord. You can see that there's a stick, not in this scene, but in the scene where it's hanging it up. You can see that there's a stick running down the phone cord. It's one of the few times you can see the trick. I love this detail, and it's obviously yeah. – <laughs> it feels almost improvised, but it's yeah, obviously the little, not. The way it's like, yeah, la-di-da, tap, Yeah. He dials. He's going to tap his finger. He's going to tap his. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be improvised, except for clearly that's a rig built just oh, for right. that. Exactly. <laughs> Which meant it was months in advance. It was planned. Usually, plants don't call this late. Oh, uh, like I said, th- this one is is an almost. Oh, that's right. Sup- that's right. Supper the time. That's, supper this time. is the supper time reprise. The shot scared uh, coming up scared the shit. <laughs> And rightly, oh, and it should. Yeah, it's a great. It's a terrifying. Like it was, yeah. it, it should scare her. Like what oh, the? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> to her credit, she goes to check it yeah, out. Yeah, she goes. She goes. She's a good girl. <laughs> She's already. And and you know, we're talking yeah. about a horror movie. Like you hear a scary noise. You don't he know what it is. For a coin. Yeah, he checks yeah. for his change. You you hear a scary noise. You don't know what it is. You go to investigate. You, investigate. you do know what it is. You try to get out of the house. Exactly. She saw. Yeah, she saw. And she went giant, over there anyway. A giant toothy play. Hello. Teeth. Yeah. Look at the teeth. Look at the teeth on that thing. There's no way that this yeah. is, well, there's no way that it's a vegetarian, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Obviously. it eats other plants. I like her little, something is very wrong here. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the kind of this is the kind of gig as a puppeteer, and I've gotten to do this, things like this a couple times, where you get the hot actress and you get to feel her up with your puppet appendage. <laughs> this at least is fun. I, I, I got to again, puppeteer too. I got to squeeze a girl's boobs with skeleton robot hands, <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes you get to do some fun stuff. But. That's a cool shot. So yeah, Watson is an insane puppet sequence. Yes. Wait, didn't you have a chance to audition for the role of Audrey Two? Have we not talked about that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, the the Broadway production, which and then the touring production, which started at, again. I, I'm not sure it ever appeared in its first incarnation on Broadway. It was an off Broadway hit first, um, and then just was a hit and became a touring company. It may never have actually gone to Broadway the first time. But uh, Ellen Green and Martin P. Robinson, who was the original builder and creator and puppeteer of the plant in the original show and touring version, Martin P. Robinson, most known to people of your age, possibly as Mr. Snuff. Philopagus uh, on Sesame Street. That was another one of his famous roles. Um, he was a he was a Henson person, um, and you know he was that's the, a person too. By yeah, the way, he was riding the, up in that. Thing. He was the puppet guy that these guys who had this crazy musical idea said, "Can you build a puppet for us?" And he goes, "Yeah, okay." And so he's and right here, boom. That from this moment on, we're into the new ending because Audrey was actually originally killed by the plant and fed to the plant at this point, and this is all a reshoot from here on out. Um, so so uh, they were doing the touring company. They came to L.A., and they were about to go to, as I recall, London. Um, and the, the original cast was going to go to London, but the touring company was going to also continue. So they were auditioning people to take over the role of the plant. And I was, I was very fortunate. I got to audition for Martin Robinson on the stage of the theater where they were playing right here in Westwood um, using the actual plant puppets that they were using in the show. And, uh, and uh, almost 
I'm going to say almost got the gig. Um, the only thing, Martin Robinson, it was just me and Martin Robinson on the stage working out with the puppets. And, and he, he said, he said, this is great because I never get to watch the puppet, you know, and I would do the numbers. I'd seen the show by then. I already knew the songs. I had the soundtrack so I could even do the numbers. So I was nailing it until we got to the, the final puppet, which was, you know, for a stage puppet huge. for one guy was huge. It was like two canoes strapped together with all kinds of stuff hanging off of it. And Martin Robinson was a, for a puppeteer. He looked like Schwarzenegger. He was beefed up and it was because he'd been doing the show for a year so as the puppet you know, as he got stronger he could make the puppet more elaborate i got inside this thing and i couldn't even stand up so you know i was as far as skill i had the guy had the job but i wasn't strong enough to to do the last puppet so there we go. there we go and then john jim belushi jim he Be- igno- openly acknowledges yeah. that it's, Dude, a musical. It's, a, it's a musical <laughs> so again this is all like Going completely out of left field, off off book. It's not part of the play. It's not part of the, the original musical. It's not part of what this movie originally was going to be about. Strickland, Jesus, didn't that guy ever have hair? <laughs> yeah. Chip Belushi is one of those guys who's just you know he's just been around now seemingly forever and just keeps <laughs> showing up in stuff you know and you go God, it's Jim Belushi again. Anyway, it was, I get it. They, it yeah, I get it. Yeah, huh. Thank you. It was, it, was, it was a great privilege and a lot of fun to be able to actually, you know, use, actually operate the plant on the stage at the, you know, at the theater in front of the guy who originated the role. It was really How many puppeteers thing. in Hollywood auditioned for a role like that? A, well, there was the guy who ultimately got it, whoever that was. Um, at least two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, this, I just realized he's calling him Audrey Twos. Like, that kind of reminds me of, like, mm. the Mac 2 and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> the way they were talking about commoditizing it just now just reminded yeah. me of a very – that's a very 80s thing yeah. in a sense, you know. So, again, this is all, like, after-the-fact reshoot. You know, actually, I think I think this scene, this scene existed in some form, but of course Audrey was dead, so it was like he's just fed Audrey to the plant, and then some guy says, "Okay, I've got an even better deal for you," and that's when he freaks out and goes, "No, this has got to stop." But Audrey wasn't there because she was dead by this point. <laughs> and of course, here comes therefore a song that was not in the the show that was created it, yeah, well, expressly it, for the film. And this this scene this scene was the scene for the most part, except for the way the next scene ends. This was originally part of the movie. Um, and yeah, Mean Green Mother from Outer Space was not in the original stage show. It's uh, it's written expressly for the movie, and it's a great one. It's and this is one of, this is where they just pull out all the stops for this musical number. You tell oh, yeah. Alan to come Literally, back and, and pull, pull out just about like, everything. Okay, yeah, sure. So yeah, that scene. Oh, out, it's really no it's shit. It's really a pity. So that again, Ryan can't hear the music. Right I like now, yeah, so I like fantastic. to. I like to watch seasons you know, when I know that there's been a major retooling. I like to spot you know how they kind of get in and out of it, so you can see what they did was they just shot one extra shot. They they shot. The entire new thing takes place in the alley. They just, you know, they didn't rebuild any of the rest of the set. They just had an alley set, and the, everything that's that what, yeah, changed. That's is just what I was that wondering alley. because, yeah, it's it's very and limited. A couple, and then, a couple shots of Audrey looking through the window. Now. Exactly, and a couple shots of Audrey looking through a window with debris falling past. They're classic insert shots. So what originally happened was that you know Audrey died, and he fed her to the planet. But then at that point, <clears throat> Seymour says, "No, this has gone on far enough," and this whole scene took place as it is. Um, you know, this is, this scene was not added the after pods. the fact. Here come the pods. But first, yeah, first nah, is the first is the the nah, the, yeah, the, the roots. This is the roots, is the roots where it becomes sequence, mobile, yeah. and then. Uh, but this is just—I mean, this is just a spectacular, you know, 
possibly the best puppet musical extravaganza ever <laughs> done for a movie. I can't think of too many other examples. Yeah. There's 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 not a, a high water mark to compare it to. <laughs> there very really much, isn't. But it, it is the of. high water mark certainly. It's a great. It's just well, a great. I guess, I guess most of the Muppet I guess movies. Jabba in that one dance scene. Most yeah, of the Muppet movies were musicals. They might have. They fair, might have so. done something yeah. on this. And on I the do scale. love Muppet Christmas Carol. I will say yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol yeah. is my all-time favorite Muppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> and this song was nominated for an Academy Award, which may well have been the reason why it was written. Uh, also to give it a, a big a big finale, but. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, uh, what sequence are you going to show at the Oscars? Like, yeah, exactly. Well, no, to be nominated for an original song, the song has Jesus, to be written. that would have scared the shit out of the me. The song has to be written for the movie. So so no song from the play would have been eligible oh, for, yeah, for an Oscar. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Um, so, so they had to, you know, if you want to. And it's been done. Sometimes people do it deliberately. Uh, yes, uh, Brian, the plant is shooting him. One of the, yeah. <laughs> Dance, monkey. Okay. There's a great little thing when he's, the plant squints when it's trying to aim. It has no eyes, and yet you can you tell s- that it's squinting to go, Ew. This is far too many bullets. Yeah, but yeah. hey, Michael. Oh, Michael, that, Michael. that's what's bugging you about the scene. <laughs> that's what's unrealistic. Famously, um, William Nelson wrote "On the Road Again" because he was doing on a movie. The road again. Yeah, he was one of the, one of his standards. He he was on a, the story goes that he was on a plane with a director. They were getting ready to go shoot, and and they were going to do all Willie Nelson cover songs in that movie he was starring in. And the director said, "You know, if you don't write a new song for this movie, you're not going to be eligible for an Oscar." And by the time they landed, Willie had written "On the Road Again." <laughs> You can't go wrong with a good pantsing gag. <laughs> so notice again. Is well, that's, <laughs> and that's also the best part is like yeah. all of the things this thing could do to him, <laughs> yeah, it just pantses Because it's like, yeah, I'm going I'm to humiliate you. <laughs> but, but yeah, as you pointed out, like notice that Ellen Green is only alive in this scene because of a shot of her through some Venetian blinds that, you know, we, we could have shot here in this living room. Right. So... Well, aside from the fact that there are vertical blinds here. I love the, no, that's true. the, the beatbox rap sequence here. <laughs> <gasps> he said a bad word. He did, he did. and there was time in this and there was and there was some controversy about that. That you know, a song that technically had shit in it was nominated for an Oscar. Um, and of course, they did this as a musical number on stage at the Oscars that year. I almost got to be part of that, but didn't. Damn it! Uh, yeah, that would have been great. They, they they recreated it. It was it was an okay number. It was a go, okay approximation. You know, what they actually did do a, another plant, and not not on this scale, but more like the original stage show. But uh, it was like, are they going to do the line where they say shit to the Oscars? Like, no, I don't think they're going to. Well. It's it's almost like South Park ran into like yeah, South Park. They, they, they wanted to <laughs> amazing they that they could get nominated a fantastic musical and they obviously nominated no, no, Blame no, no, Canada no. not because it was the best song although it is a good the one, only one they, the only one they get to use they get nominated they wanted to do up there the the, the right. one of my favorite songs yeah. in the whole movie because it's just such a great song and it's a great character <laughs> thing and it's a joke and it's all these things come together and they couldn't because it glorifies Satan. Right. It's like, God damn it! <laughs> it's South Park! Well, and so then, sad. I mean, you know, the, the, one of the second song, the second song in the film is Shut Your Fucking Face, Uncle Fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you can't. Kyle's mom's a bitch, you know. Kyle's mom's a bitch, and the things that, that Cartman calls her. Throughout the rest of the yeah. song. Well, of course, I, I I was in Team America, which is also another puppet musical. At least I got to be part oh, of yeah. that. But uh, of course, what's the title song of that? Is America? Fuck yeah! No, America, no nomination there. Fuck yeah! Which is such also a fantastic song. It's amazing. They're very good yeah. at writing. We, we they really are. We talked over the big finale of Little Shop of Horrors. Of oh well, you know, people can watch. They, we, people can watch that anyway. Anyway, so so <laughs> yeah. so in the original movie, at this point, Seymour loses and the plant eats him. But suddenly they've added this, and again, look, it's all done with inserts, very cleverly. Where a little, you know, again, studio backlot, some junk, and this hand, probably not even, uh, probably not even uh, the actor, you know, comes up with the 
just what I think is one of the lamest. How many times has this been done in a movie? This really, to this me, is Jaws two at least. Yeah, as well. take, it, you know, and Pet Cemetery. Nice, two. nice lightning. Pet Cemetery two, for say, that matter, yeah. uh, ends this. I'm but, not going to go with nice lightning. But the old, uh, I disagree on the nice. You know, and again, these are these are shots that were just from B roll. These are not shot for this. You know, there then there's lip sync <laughs> can be anything because that's the plan going blah blah, and then they say oh shit. You know, these are all B-roll shots from the original version that they then, okay, we'll put some effects on top and the plan explodes. That's I don't it. know what's happening here or how they shot it's the that. Death Star. They, those things are just moving. It's, like they're firing around. It's zero G. I mean, it's looking up it's at it. It's a zero G explosion. But it, they're going sideways. So they're bouncing off the, the, bouching off oh, the camera the shield. Lens, sure. Plexiglass, yeah. son. Yeah. We'll tell you about it later. <laughs> and so and now we're back. No, it at, was an exploding plan. And now we're back to our alley set where they, you know, finish up the movie with a whole different ending. I like how this looks a lot like that ID4 set piece where you're playing. It's like all <laughs> it green. It does. Is this where Will Smith is going to land his helicopter or something? I was going to say, this looks a lot like um, Stop the, top, spaceship driving. the top of the building at the end of Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of the same kind of like rubbly, smoky thing going mm-hmm. on. Yep. I'm rubbly and smokely. Mm-hmm. Well, they really, I, I've never noticed without the music, but they really do draw that moment out, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't notice when you're, when you're watching it, but watching it just now, I'm like, wow, this takes a while for oh, wow, <laughs> yeah. the lead character didn't die. <laughs> yes, there was a ferocious explosion that was in outer space, and everything was destroyed. <laughs> Zero G. Yes, everything was destroyed. But somehow, in a contrived way that only a studio executive could think made any sense, both of our characters live and have a happy ending. Well, it's a comedy. Again, going back to the Ghostbusters thing, there's no way they survived that explosion, <laughs> but that's the joke, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's I, this is a case where, and of course, you know, this even even in its supposed happy ending form that you're seeing here Little Shop was not a big hit when it came out after can't even after all that after all that well, effort I, I still can't imagine why Hook wasn't a big hit because I love yeah. that movie Hook's great Hook's after wait Hook wasn't a big hit no I, 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 I hope not Oh, I, no, I we're going to have to watch Hook and have oh, a conversation Lord. about yeah. this wow. don't make me watch Hook it was a big enough hit for me yeah <laughs> But I'm talking about this movie. I don't know how Hook got, got brought house. up. Oh. But, okay, uh, here we go. But now, this Brian, this movie was not a big hit when it came out. If, but if, I'm, if, I'm a, if the ending is so happy after all, no. wait, 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 could there be some kind of twist? Oh. Yeah, really, that's crazy. I can't believe it. Yeah, everyone's. Uh, uh, but then on the other hand, it's like, how scary can that be? Just don't feed it blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it'll it's like, die pretty quick. It's like having a mogwai is fine. The rules are pretty simple, right? The four tops. The five Yeah. But, oh, I thought it was of the four toys. Yes. Well, tops, you, tops are toys when you think about it. Hey. But the thing that I, I'm, I'm a stickler for, you know, the ending of a story has to be the story's ending. And, and the ending of that story, that story can only end with disaster and sadness because that's the rest of the story. For them to go, and then everything's okay. You know, makes but you, not. Makes you, well, yeah, but see, it makes, you, it makes you go, wait a minute, didn't he just kill a bunch of people and, you know, responsible for, and chop up bodies and, and whatnot? And, and uh, that guy who said he wanted to be his dad, he just let him die and, and then he gets to have a happy ending. I mean, it just, I could be wrong, but I think that's why ultimately a movie like that isn't satisfying. You know, a movie that starts this way needs to end with the plant winning because that's how it started. Well, there's that's the there's, story it was getting ready to tell you. There's another. There's you get Disney movies like that too, don't you? I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of an the, example. Well, the I biggest mean, the biggest example is I Am Legend, in recent mm-hmm. memory. I am yeah. Le- I am Legend up until the last 
30 minutes clearly is going to tell a different story. All the Even the foreshadowing is still there, even though they completely arbitrarily changed the whole ending. Based on the musical play of The Little Shop of Horrors, which is based, based on, on Roger Gorman, Gorman which is based by right Originally produced by Off-Off-Broadway, The Whip of Fear. Yeah. And then it's Off-Off and then Off. So, <laughs> Martin, Martin B. Robinson right course. there. It's so, just inched its way closer and closer to Broadway. So I think, that's, I think that was the case. It didn't originally ever appear on Broadway before it became a movie. It was Off-Off and then it made its way up to Off. But never made it on to Broadway. I think in its new reincarnation, it's been. I, I just remember what Disney movie I was thinking mm. of because I, I knew I had associated that mm. with it. I think from a cracked article, but uh, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh, okay, the Little Mermaid. Oh, the little, a little, little deal with the devil. Never yeah. hurt anybody. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Makes the deal with Ursula, and then they get their happy yeah. ending after blowing her up with you, the ship somehow. Youth, but you know what? Youthful hijinks. Yeah, you kids. All right, now yeah. we've made it to the end of the movie. Let's go ahead and let's. Mike, uh, Trey, and I will we'll go through and, and talk about it a little bit more, but I want to find out what Brian thought of the movie here in a second, too. From what he saw. Yes. From what all, I saw. Oh, I'm hopefully he found out that he wants to listen to the movie. So. All, yeah. all things considered, if I have a top... and I, One of these days, I need to sit down and actually kind of work my way through and figure out what my top 15 is. But I guarantee this movie is on my top 15 films of all time. I just love this movie for a million reasons. But, it's, it's just so... So great. But we're not trying to influence you or anything here, Brian. Brian, if you hate this movie, I will kick you out of my house. <laughs> what, what the listeners aren't uh, seeing at home is the fact that I am quite literally surrounded by everybody at the moment. <laughs> yes, Brian actually. <laughs> like, I have nowhere to go. Uh, hey, Brian Henson. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, I mean, Mike. Obviously, you, you love this movie forever. Let him talk. I like. Well, I like it. I, I don't know if I let us let us talk about it for a moment, and we'll end on Brian. I thought oh, you were right. saying before we talk, we want to hear what Brian has to that say. That makes more sense, Brian. Go. Uh, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I'd have to watch it again, I guess, but. Uh, he was a physical therapist for the wow. years. Still watching the credits. I'm at physical yeah. therapist Dave Allen. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Brian. I, I I'm not sure it. I have anything critical to say, to be honest. Well, you really need this. I mean, it's a musical. Time. You really should yeah, watch yeah, it yeah. for real. Menu for it, but yeah, it yeah. never lost you. It never. It never made you go. What the fuck? No, I found it far more interesting than whatever the fuck you guys were talking about. Probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem they're going to have at home too. I was just pointing out, and this is one of the few times I've ever, I've, I've never encountered this beautiful phenomenon, but in the list of puppeteers, the very last puppeteer, the very last of the list was, there's a physical therapist, which yeah. I can absolutely understand. How many, I've, many movies I've done where I wished we had a puppeteer physical therapist on staff, because sometimes puppetry, puppetry get, is involved, often involved with just being wedging yourself into tiny, dark spaces and, and, you know, craning yourself into strange positions. And then, and then more than once, I've had this experience of other people, you know, being forgotten by the crew when it's lunchtime that you're in there. Um, I wonder if more than once I've had, you know, like suddenly it's just gone really quiet and I've discovered that everyone has gone to lunch and forgotten that, you know, that thing, that monster in the corner, there's actually a human underneath of it. I wonder if that ever happened to Kenny Baker. <laughs> they just left him in the arts. Yeah. It's like ding, 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 clang, ding. Clang, 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 clang. <laughs> Well, okay. Now that Brian said his piece, Michael, I'm just I I said my piece at the beginning, and I yeah. I, I I would have been shocked <laughs> if after a lifetime of loving this movie, it had just fallen apart before my eyes. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I mean, uh, it's not as good as I thought. Well, that's I, what I, happened with Fake and the Phantom Menace. Yeah. So right. Well, I, but I've seen this movie recently. <laughs> is the thing? Like, I watched this movie with fair consistency, and I'm I'm consistently. More impressed by it every time I watch it because I, there's something more I understand about uh, storytelling or filmmaking or something, and I see what they've done, and I'm like, God damn, these people <laughs> are amazing! <laughs> like, Pinewood. it just blows my go. mind wide yeah. open. My guess was going to be Pinewood, but I didn't want to say it because if I was wrong, I'd be just some sort of a douchebag. I don't know. Yeah, I knew it was England, so I figured it was one of the standard studios in England. Well, cool. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. This was this was 
once again, one of my favorite movies of all time, and I guess Michael kind of likes it too. And Trey more than a few thoughts, and yeah. I guess Brian liked it too. So this has not been a, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got. Experience. And if if you can, if, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, you know extra ancillary stuff. You can check out the original Little Shop of Horrors, which is an amazingly schlocky, low budget. You can check out the alternate ending of this movie if you can find it on YouTube or some other place. We won't condone That's it. That's interesting. I've never seen the additional cast, like co-starring or whatever, <laughs> at the end after like, "Thanks for coming, everyone." No, no. animals. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and by the way, second, third, fourth, fifth customer. I don't think they get top billing. Yeah. I, well, you'd think they'd be in the cast block. No. I've never really them. noticed this before. Now, see, I noticed something new this time. Well, that's well, because, I'm glad well, that's, that we could do every time. Well, that's because this movie had the trick of showing clips of the main actors right after the, the, the end roll. Oh, so, right. so these, you know, they should do that, carry that through and show every single clip of every single actor. But yeah, at the very end of the credits, it's very odd. But, uh, and there's also, um, if you if there's a good, competent company, although you can try it as a high school musical. Um, if, <laughs> and there are a lot of videos of high school musical versions. To on. see a live version of Little Shop um, done, by a, done by a good company is uh, probably worth your time also. Cool. And in the, uh, in the meantime, if you want to find more commentaries by us and uh, other works that we've done before, you can find us at downinfront.net. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and listen to these uh, every time they come out, which is once a week. Uh, and, in the, uh, and in the interim period here, while you're going to find a new commentary and we're going out to uh, do the various things that we do between commentaries, uh, I am Teague Christie. I am Brian Finiter. Mike Scott and Trey Stokes. And this is Down in Front. Thank you for joining us and good night, good night. Good night. Friendsinyourhead.com.